Welcome to the show. You are listening to Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live is a show where you can call in and take control of the phones and bring up anything that's on your mind. We're open to talking about all kinds of different things on this show. Uh, and you, the number to call is 855-450-FREE. But we do have a guest on the line to start off tonight's show. So first calls one, calls for the guests are going to take precedent. Exactly. And uh, first want to introduce ourselves. My name is Stephanie. And I'm Brett. And I'm Mark. And we are happy to be with you tonight. All right, gentlemen, let's go straight to our uh, guest this evening. We have Danny Kofke on the line. And Danny has written a book about financial freedom, which is uh, very interesting to me. And I think you gentlemen, too. And Danny, welcome to Free Talk Live. Can you hear me? Danny, or oops, uh, I think I have a button. Danny, try, try right, can you hear me now? <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, good to be with you tonight. Um, so, okay, tell us a little bit about the book that you've written and how it can help us get more uh, financially free in our lives. Because, you know, Free Talk Live is a show about freedom. You know, we, we're all interested in how we can have more of it in our own lifetimes. And, you know, we talk about different issues related to that. But how can we, uh, you know, sort of take control of our earnings and wealth and, and live more happily? Right. Well, I think uh, my book, uh, and it's my second book, A Simple Book of Financial Wisdom, um, it just kind of can relate to almost anyone, and it comes from the words of a school teacher. I am a special education teacher. Uh, my wife was a school teacher before becoming a stay-at-home mom for seven years. We have two little girls, so uh, she stayed at home and raised them. Actually just went back to work this past fall teaching my four-year-old's pre-K class, so didn't bring a lot more into the family uh, household, about $500 a month. But uh but, but, so we live basically off my teacher's salary, and I'll tell you, this is my 12th year teaching. We're outside of Atlanta, Georgia, and I make a little above $43,000 a year. So it's hard to complain because I know so many people are struggling right now, but I, I think most would agree that that's a moderate level income. I was and curious living, about that, Danny, because I, you know, I looked up the average salary for teachers, and it was somewhere around that. And you know, for a family of four, I could see, especially if there's only one parent working, I could see that you know maybe you'd have to get a little bit creative with some budgeting. Right? Sure would. Yeah. Right, right. And that's the thing. I mean, we have no debt except our mortgage. We invest for retirement each month. We have an emergency fund in place. But basically, the cool thing is, I think what I tell people is, we have the freedom to kind of pursue things that we enjoy. I enjoy being a school teacher. Um, and my wife will love being a stay-at-home mom. So it just was one of those things that we did make financial decisions that affected our family that, that was right for us. Uh, we didn't really worry about what the guy down the road had or the person on TV. We did what was right for us. And I think a lot of people right now I know are struggling. And I've talked to people, and they'll say, gosh, I don't have any money. I wish I could do certain things. But yet they have a new iPhone or they have a new coach bag or whatever. And I'll say, well, actually, you have money but you're just choosing to spend it in this way. So I think that... Or is they the always have money key. for cigarettes, right? <laughs> there you go. Cigarettes, yeah. beer, whatever. So I think that's the number one key right there is you have to figure out how you're spending your money because, let's face it, there's two ways to make more money. Either A, have to get a higher-paying job, which it is possible, but let's face it, it's a little more difficult right now than it was five years ago for many of us, which leaves us to choice B, where we cut back on what we're buying and then that puts more money back into our accounts. So yeah, so well, Danny. The so first, what are the tricks, right? Yeah, give <laughs> I mean, us some uh, some tips. Mm-hmm. Well, first, I mean, this is the number one thing to, to, to figure out where you're spending your money, and this isn't going to be easy. I'll promise you right now. But walk around with a piece of paper and a pencil for one month and write down anything you buy, and then at the end of the month, you're able to analyze it. Because I could give you some general uh, tips: don't buy a coffee, the latte factor; don't buy snacks at the vending machine; don't go to the movies, whatever. But there are a lot of people they don't necessarily do those things. 
But when you make it personal, you do your own spending, you write it down, then you're able to analyze your own personal spending habits. And then most of us do have areas that we can cut back in if needed. It may be well, this is something that, that people bill. This is something that people say, too, with like if they're trying to lose weight, like a lot of people eat mindlessly and they don't understand. They don't really not really conscious of what they're eating. So I could see mm-hmm. that with money, too. And that's the thing that Absolutely. I was thinking, too, that there is a really it seems like there's a more comprehensive approach to this as well. Like I spend a lot of money eating on the run. You know, but that right. probably has something to do with me not budgeting my time properly, you know, where I have to always well, don't have time to pack a lunch and, and that kind of well, thing. But or Brett, I mean, maybe you could make the argument that you are actually more productive and you are, you know, by not by choosing to, to work and make money at whatever level you make money, you are actually being more productive by letting someone else make your lunch. You know what I mean? It could be. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so true. Yeah. If, I mean, you for instance, have to weigh it. right. Yes, for sure. You just have to weigh it. But uh, another thing, too, just to help you, because a lot of money problems are emotional. Um, it's pretty easy on paper. Spend less than you earn. That, that's it right there. If you spend less than you earn, you usually won't be in trouble. But most of us got away from that because of the emotions. It, so for a lot of people, buying things is like their, their drug, and it gives them that, that feeling of temporary satisfaction or happiness. Many of yeah. us are unhappy with our job, spouse, life, whatever. So we buy things to mask that unhappiness. And we also spend money that we really don't think about. And another thing, after you track your spending, and you can figure out how much you need on a weekly basis, say for your groceries, food, entertainment, gas, for your car, come up with a sum and then pull that exact amount out each week in cash. And this works wonders because mm. here's the emotions again. Most I think of Mark us, does this, we right? We have an attachment <laughs> to the green stuff. It's very hard for a lot of us if you go to the store yep. to pull out uh, the dollar bills to spend it as opposed to swiping a piece of plastic through yep. a machine. Yes. So yes. when you're doing that, you're also staying within your, your, your spending plan and your budget, and then it does make you think twice. A lot of times when you pull it out, you think twice before buying something, and we live in a society where it's, I see it, I want it, I'm going to buy it. And a lot of us do not think about the future ramifications of those decisions. So, well, you know, Danny, this, cash helps. this yep. reminds me of something, you know, on Free Talk Live, we we talk about taxes a lot because, you know, we're mm-hmm. we're kind of people who uh, would rather keep our own money and make more of our own decisions than letting someone else do it for us. And so mm-hmm. one of the things that often comes up is, uh, you know, if you have like the withholding tax makes it a lot easier for people to accept the level of taxation that's going on because they don't see them. They don't ever have that money in their hand. It just gets taken out of their paycheck. Right. But if you actually had to write a check to the government, it becomes a lot more painful. Right. And that's how it used to be. But then it got changed. That's this. That's why I call this. I call that emotional accounting because, um, you know, when I, and I do exactly what you're saying regarding uh, the cash is I, you know, it's so much easier to swipe the card. You don't even think about it. It's the same to swipe the card for some bubble gum as it is for a car. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, just <laughs> and it's gone and it, it's accounted for someplace else and you don't have to do any. But when you're flipping out the hundred dollar bills for that car, you have a different emotional attachment to the amount of money you're spending. And so, I mean, you want to be able to do as much accounting as possible. I'm not saying that emotional accounting is the best way to account, but it, it is another way to account. And it sounds like this is what right. you were suggesting, Danny. Like sometimes, let's say a person gives up a bad habit and that bad habit requires a, a weekly budget, like a certain amount of dollars to take that money and, you know, even to transfer it from a checking account electronically to their savings account. Mm-hmm. And after a couple of weeks of doing that, I think that could provide some real reinforcement for a more positive, not only healthy, but uh, financially responsible behavior. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
absolutely. It's very money issues to me. They're very similar to weight issues where we have pretty much all of the nutritional information for any piece of food we put into our mouth, yet nearly two-thirds of our country is either overweight or obese. And I think when we're trying to lose weight, what works really well for most of us is we go on a diet and we lose two pounds the first week, two pounds the next week, and we just kind of get that, that snowball going, and then it turns into an avalanche. We just get going. We build, up tra- uh, we build up momentum working towards that. And the same holds with money, that a lot of people, they are, they're embarrassed. They, it's a taboo topic for a lot of people. They feel discouraged. They think, yeah. I can't do it. There's no way. So we start small. Like you just mentioned, if you're able to cut out a bad habit, and instead of saying, if you, you're able to quit smoking, we'll just use that as an example, and instead of spending five packs of, uh, or five dollars a, a, a day on, a cigar, on cigarettes, then you just automatically transfer that money into a savings account. Not only are you going to be healthier, but then at the end of the week, you're going to have $35, and it's something that you can see, and then it just gains traction over time. It's not going to, to be this huge number at the first, but then over time, it just builds up and builds up, and then it just gets you psyched and say, gosh, I can do this. I can do this. Mm, yeah. So seeing it as sort of small steps rather than like the thing that you have to put away, like thousands of dollars in savings this month or, right, or else it's that gets overwhelming. Yeah. If you're 50 pounds overweight and you say, gosh, I'm going to lose 50 pounds in two weeks. Well, it's probably, uh, it shouldn't happen. That's not a healthy <laughs> way to do it. And the same thing with uh, saving money too, for a lot of people, when you look at people that win the lottery and they come into riches all of a sudden, I've read a study that it's something like 80 to 90% are broke within five years because they don't know how to manage money. But if you do it systematically, slowly over time, then you're able to manage it much more wisely. I believe it. Danny, if you would, please hang on the line with us. I've got some more questions for you, and I'm sure my co-hosts do too. If you want to talk to Danny, you can call us at 855-450-3733. It's Free Talk Live, and there's more coming up. Get 18,000 radio stations from around the world. Pandora, Opio, Live 365, and MP3 Tunes. With C Crane's CC Wi-Fi Internet Radio. It's great in any room of the house. Play Free Talk Live's live streams, LRN.FM, or your favorite stations. If you're not familiar with the C-Crane company, their products are the best. Get a free flashlight when you order the Wi-Fi Internet Radio by using the Where Did You Hear About Us pull-down menu when you check out at ccrane.com. C-C-R-A-N-E.com. Welcome back to the show. You are listening to Free Talk Live. Our number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We have a guest on the line right now. We are talking with Danny Kofke. He's written a book about financial freedom, financial wisdom, uh, how to teach yourself and your kids how to live wealthy with little money, a simple book of financial wisdom. And uh, your calls will take priority if you want to talk with Danny tonight. Uh, so do call us if you have something you want to ask him, maybe maybe money tips or questions. I don't know. Uh, but it's Stephanie with you tonight. And Brett. And Mark. Yes. And uh, Mark. Uh, we've got uh, you know, a live read copy here from coffee.freetalklive.com. Many companies, as they uh, grow, lose their passion and, and their mandate. Not so with O'Neill Coffee. The third-generation family-owned uh, business still roasts its, uh, each batch with the finest beans the utmost care. They have more than 40 different varieties of gourmet, gourmet and flavored coffees. My favorite's the French roast decaf, but you can get whatever you want. They've got more than 40 varieties. To show the Free Talk Live audience their commitment to making great coffee, they're offering a free mug and free shipping and orders of $75 or more. You can support great coffee craftsmanship at coffee.freetalklive.com. It's coffee.freetalklive.com. 
Thank you, Mark. And I bet if you brew your own coffee, it is significantly uh, cheaper than buying it at Starbucks every day or whatever your favorite cafe. Is that right, Danny? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I don't even know. Yes, now at Starbucks, you can pay up to $3 a cup. So a lot of times when you make it at home, you can average, what, a quarter a cup, something like that. So, yeah, you can do the math. You can save at least 2 bucks a day, which doesn't sound like much. But when you add that up, if you uh, even during the work week, if you, you bought coffee out, just say Monday through Friday, you save 2 bucks a day. That adds up $10 a week, which is uh, $40 a month. Yep. Yeah. It's $3 for a Starbucks coffee. Those sound like 80s prices. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, it's, I I've seen yeah, people right. spend $6 on one thing in there. Wow. Yeah. I know. I know. It's yeah. crazy. The thing is, you know, when I try to tell people, if it's something that's important to you to have coffee out every day, then that's fine. But something else is going to have to give. I think that's where a lot of times we just um, got into this habit in, in our country where we wanted it all. And for a lot of us, we don't make enough money to have it all or have everything we want. So you have to prioritize. If it's something that you enjoy, having a coffee out every morning instead of having to make it, then that's fine. But you may have to give in somewhere else. You may not be able to eat dinner out or, or you may not be able to go to the movies or whatever it might be. So you just, to me, you just kind of have to weigh it. And that's where I do think our financial crisis that stems from for a lot of people is we just for so long thought, oh, we can tap our home. The home prices are going to go up every year. Or we're going to get a raise every year. And a lot of us didn't prepare for that rainy day. And unfortunately, many people have been stuck without an umbrella out there. And it's definitely raining now. So we just have to, to be smarter about it um, and just kind of take advice from, from people that went through the Great Depression. You talk to someone that lived through those times. Many of those people, they may not drive a Rolls Royce and they may not live in a 5,000-square-foot home, but most of them have money in the bank to cover tough times because they knew what it was like to go through those desperate times. So that's where my hope is that people learn a valuable lesson if they are struggling financially. And it's okay. We all make mistakes. That's the way life goes. But the important thing is that we learn from those mistakes and we never allow ourselves to be put in those situations again. So is there that one thing that pretty much that most people do that you can warn them off of or is, uh, you know, is this sort of uh, financial irresponsibility something that we all have and it's all in a different place? I don't know if we all have it, but I think a lot of people do have it. I think People don't want to understand where their money is going. Even now, like I mentioned before, where people come to me and say they don't have any money, and when I suggest tracking what you spend, they don't want to because they would. Uh, they know what's there. Mm-hmm. They just don't want to live up to it. They kind of want to keep their head buried in the sand and not have to face reality. So that, to me, is you just have to be honest about it. And money matters still to this day for many people. It remains a taboo topic. I actually just read a study that uh, that shows that parents are more comfortable talking about the birds and the bees and the sex talk with their kids than they are about money issues. And, and wow. I, I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's because money seems such an easy thing to understand, yet so many people have screwed it up. I really don't Maybe know. Maybe it's holding up the mirror, can... showing that the parents don't really understand it either, right? Yeah. I, I think that, that plays a large role. But see, coming as a parent and also as a school teacher, I'm telling you, school teachers do, we do a horrible job teaching financial literacy. And there's uh, many reasons for that. Part of it's not on the test. And a lot of times we're, we're held accountable to those. But saying that, as a parent, it's your job to teach your children so they don't make the mistakes that so many of us have. And that was certainly my next question about, uh, you touched on it a little bit, and I'm not sure that that's entirely where it comes from, Danny, but I was going to say, why is this such a common problem? Um, do you, and you think it's a, a combination of the failure of the schools and a failure of parents, mm-hmm. well, parents who are also products of the schools, I guess. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, and a lot. And with parents, like I said, we're, we're uncomfortable talking about it a lot of times. And if we're not discussing it in schools, then where are the kids going to get it from? Well, you know what? They're going to get it from the TV that they watch because Madison Avenue spends billions of dollars every single year to get our money. And even as young as three and four, kids are bombarded. I know a few years ago they even had a Barbie that had a, a Visa card that came with it, and you could swipe it through the machine. So there you go. You're wow. teaching three-year-olds. Right then and there, what, how should you spend money? Well, you should use a Visa card and swipe it through a machine. So there you go. So as parents, we have to fight against that because, uh, I mean, as adults, we know how tough uh, the, the commercials are to avoid. But as a kid, I mean, kids know jingles by the time they're four years old of different ads and things. So Well, and really they see really what their parents to... do too, right? So if you're a parent, Absolutely. like you can lead by example and show your kids how to live you know, well, responsibly. Well, that's what parents are doing, and that's why Barbie has a swipe card. Okay. <laughs> well, right, yeah. Well, I'm not entirely right, sure that this right. is Kenner's fault. Is, <laughs> and I'm going to tell you, I mean, Mattel? even I as know. frugal as we are as a family, and I'm very open and honest, I have an 8-year-old and a 4-year-old, and we're very open and honest about money, we discuss it, I'm pretty, my wife yeah. and I, we, we do, I think, a pretty good job with it, and yet, last Christmas, wouldn't you know it, my 7-year-old at the time, what she wanted from Santa was an iPad. I said, are you kidding me? I don't have an iPad. And you, who's your dad? You really think that you're getting an iPad for Christmas for me? But it just kind of was interesting that it showed me even parents that do a good job talking money matters, sometimes the children, they still get caught up in this culture of wanting, wanting, wanting. So it just kind of was an eye-opener for me that even, even though we do a good job, our kids still kind of wanted some of those things. And I just think about some of those parents that constantly give to their kids Man, that you're really not doing them any um, any favors because later on in life, eventually, they're going to have to learn that they can't just have whatever they want, and it's okay to say no. And in fact, a lot of times, because we um, we don't always say yes to our kids, we do say no quite often. But when we do something nice, they really comment. They'll say, "Gosh, you really spent some money today on us. That's really nice of you. Thank you so much." And they're more appreciative. It's not just an entitlement, and they expect to have it. So uh, just for parents out there, I know a lot of times we want our kids to have it all, and we think we got to sign them up for every sports lesson or dance class or whatever. But a lot of times kids really just want our time and our attention, and we don't always yeah. have to, to constantly give, give, give to, to think that we're making them happy when I think it's kind of doing the complete opposite. And then by the time they get to be young adults, they're really not going to know the value of, of saying no, and then they're going to repeat the mistakes that so many people have made. Do you think that most people's uh, financial irresponsibility comes into play around their their children? Most most uh, parents, uh, their their financial irresponsibility can come into play around their children, or do you think that it's uh, you know the things that they do for themselves? I think it's both. I think uh, I, most of the parents I know. I mean, most of us. We when you have kids, a lot of times you definitely do more for your kids than you do for yourself. That's just kind of I'm just throwing it as a blanket statement. Not okay. true for everyone, but I know for a lot of people. So I would definitely say when the kids that a lot of us do have a tough time saying no, and we all want our kids to have it better than us, and somehow we think if we buy them more, oh, they're going to have a better childhood than us, and they're going to be have a richer life. And uh, Denny, I, I think a lot of times we're doing the complete De- opposite. Danny, please hold on the line. I've got some more questions for you. I want to ask Danny what he thinks about sort of government spending. <laughs> well, I want to find out uh, more about uh, spending Free on talk kids, live. too. There's more coming up. 
Tired of that same old government-free baklava from Madrick? How about trying Stateless Sweets government-free fudge and caramel? Stateless Sweets are made with real ingredients and prepared fresh for delivery to your home. Order them as a gift, a well-deserved decadent treat for yourself, or catered for your next event. Go to statelesssweets.com. That's statelesssweets.com. It's Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. This is Stephanie. And I'm Brett. And Mark. And we thank you for joining us. We are speaking with Danny Kofke. He's on the line with us talking about how you can live a wealthy life, even if you don't have a huge income. And uh, I do want to let you know you are listening to the live Sunday night edition of Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live is live every single night of the week, though. And you can hear all of our past archives, or most of them anyway, I- more than you could ever really want to listen to on the website at uh, archives.freetalklive.com. There's so much content there for you, and we make it all available for you for free. And uh, did I give out the phone number yet, Mark? I don't think so. You can always give it again. If you'd like to talk with Danny tonight, your calls will take uh, priority, but you can also call and bring up whatever's on your mind at uh, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We'd love to hear from you. Bitcoins are the world's first potentially anonymous digital cash. With Bitcoins, there's no contracts to sign or terms of service to abide by. It's completely open source software, and you can download it, the free software, and be using it in just a few minutes. You can send and receive money anywhere in the world. No fees. No, you don't need permission from any bank to do it. To learn how, visit weusecoins.org. It's weusecoins.org. And now, thanks to bitinstant.com, you can have Bitcoins in less than an hour by depositing cash at any major bank. To buy your Bitcoins with cash, visit bitinstant.com. Again, it's bitinstant.com. All right. And what an apropos uh, subject to bring up when we have Danny on the line talking about financial freedom. Uh, Real quick, Danny, just want to ask you uh, if you've ever heard of uh, some of the alternative currencies like Bitcoins and what do you what do you think about them? No, I'm not uh, too familiar. I know that some people um, have used them, but I'm not. I wouldn't be able to give uh, too much advice or opinion on them. I don't know. Just curious if you'd heard. So, Danny, when you were talking previously, you'd uh, said that uh, I think it was your daughter asked you for an iPad uh, for Christmas, and and you didn't think that was uh, appropriate, and you know your um, that kind of thing. And you know, I, I guess that struck a chord with me because although my family's rather frugal, um, we we live on little, and you know, make our make our own food, grow some of our own food, and and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I always find myself spending money on my son in in the sense that you know if it's if I can fit fit it into that educational category in my brain okay then let's do it um so you know we've thought about uh, getting a tablet for him here and i just mm-hmm. wanted to you know say what do you think about that i mean you think it's uh, you think that you think kids don't need things like that or oh no absolutely not um we do have my wife has one and she uses it and but the thing is like with our kids if we have the money to buy it i'd say go for it do whatever you want whatever's right for you but I just know a lot of times I've talked to families out there, and they do these things for their kids that they don't have the money to do. Um, I had one family that they, they, were, they were actually on food stamps, but yet they were contemplating signing up their, their son for $600 private baseball lessons. And those are the types of things I think, all right, now can, can you really afford it? In your case, uh, yeah. you sound like you cut back, you live within your means, so have at it. If you have the money to do it, I have no problem whatsoever. I just have talked to so many people that I think – just have such a hard time of saying no to, to their kids. 
and they're in debt to begin with, and then they're not able to tell them no, and then they get deeper and deeper in debt. I won't consider myself to be within my means until all of my debt is gone. That includes a house and everything. But um, I get where you're coming from. So um, mm-hmm. now you, we had discussed uh, up to this point walking around with a you know a piece of paper and writing down all your expenses. I suppose you can keep receipts too, and you know maybe a pen and just jot down on the receipt what you right. uh, spent that kind of thing um, throughout the the month. That way you're not uh, you know do, doing just a week and you know, getting a too small of a picture, but going throughout the month and seeing what you spend your money on and then going right. at the end of the month and saying, you know, how much money did I get? And, you know, where did it come? Where did it go? Now, that's right. that's a great trick. And obviously, you know, it, it's hardly a trick. It's, it's, it's the thing that somebody should do. Yeah, I know. What else is there? Now, there are other tricks. Well, I, the, the, the premise is, and like I said earlier, it's just spend less than you earn. Sure. Um, that's, that's obvious. But if you don't have enough money coming in, then that's where you may need to, and it's not a trick per se, and I guess that's the thing, the whole thing with money management, there really are no tricks, um, but, but you may have to get a second job for a while. Uh, not saying it's going to be fun, not saying it's going to be forever, but you may have to deliver pizzas at night, get up early and throw papers in the morning, whatever it takes to, to get by, to get on your feet, to get through these times. You could get another higher-paying job. It just depends. There's really, though, if you don't have enough money coming in, you can either cut back on what you're spending or earn more. That's basically the only two choices you have. I mean, I guess you could take it, too, but we don't want to do that. That's not, a, that's not fair. So, uh, so I wish you know, there was a magic pill that we could all swallow and it would make us better, but there really isn't. To me, just have to educate yourself, know what you're doing, find out how you're spending your money, and then go from there. And some of those things that we think are necessities, you may have to go without for a while. A lot of people think cable. I enjoy having satellite, but I think, example, I have on my satellite plan, I don't know, 400 channels. And out of all of those 400 channels, I probably watched 20 of them. And I oh, thought yeah. my wife, if push comes to shove and we, and we got in trouble, that would be the first thing to go. Uh, the, so those things, even the Internet. Well, you- I enjoy having Internet, but you can go to the library and you can use the Internet for free if you have to. I'm not saying it's ideal. Mm-hmm. not saying this is what we should strive to do. It's something we want to work our way out of. But when times are tough and you are struggling, the cool thing is it's almost like you're able to hit this reset button and you drop everything and you just pick up what's important first, and then you find out what your true priorities are, and then everything else doesn't mean as much to you, and you're able to do without for a while. Yeah, I'm a big fan of sort of investing in the things that you use all the time. Like, I think uh, if I if I was going to think about spending a lot of money on a pair of shoes, it would make more sense to me if I was going to wear those shoes every day than if I was only mm-hmm. going to wear them once a year. You know, Or like, if you stood a lot in your job. I mean, sure, you know, yeah. if, you're, if you're a nurse or a chef or, you know, you're in one right. of these positions where somebody, uh, you know, stands all day, I could see getting a good pair of shoes that's, uh, you know, you need to stand mm-hmm. for. But yeah, you know. a, a couple of years I was uh, ago, I was kind of shifting, uh, you know, reevaluating my finances and I decided to invest a little bit of money into like some home gym equipment that I could do push ups, pull ups and stuff at home. And mm-hmm. I quit the gym that I was going to save me a ton of money but also a ton of time you know and so those are things i look at as sort of like investments in yourself and in the things that you're going to do all the time right a gym you know that's a good one that you mentioned the gym because there's some people i've I've talked to that are out of shape and and a lot of times it's so interesting enough but usually not usually but there's sometimes that people that are out of shape they're actually out of shape in their financial lives as well it's just kind of interesting Mm. how it kind of correlates but they'll tell me oh i gotta sign up for this this gym membership, and you know, a lot of people I'll say, well, you know, that road in front of your house, it's free to run on. You can just go out and put on a pair of shoes and run or walk, and that's the first step because a lot yeah. of people already set themselves up for failure. They have to 
get into these extensive plans and these gym memberships and, and food programs when a lot of us, we can just, there it is. It's that magical formula that we want to make it all easy, and a lot of times it really isn't. That's unfortunate that, that it isn't, but then it makes it worthwhile in the end. When we do something that's difficult, then that change lasts, and we feel proud of ourselves because we've accomplished something. Right. Do you think there's, um, you know, we were talking previously about uh, schools and that, uh, you know, parents being taught in schools and then that sort of being passed down to their, their kids as far as uh, money mismanagement. And I went to a private school, and I didn't find that uh, they, they did any better job educating us around um, around sort of being financially uh, smart. And I just wonder to myself, when I look at government spending and how they're, what, 43% over what they make uh, currently, right. they're spending um, every year 43% yeah, like more a family, than they make. Yeah, like a family has to, t- you know, really pay attention to their budget, right, and, and spend less than they earn, as, as Danny was saying. But government... You know, doesn't do that, right? right? They don't. They don't do it. And so, do you think it's that we're, you know, the the big daddy of us all, the the government out there, you know, Big Brother? Do you think we're getting our lessons from that, and that's why in two thousand and five, Americans spent more than they made? Oh, it absolutely could be a big key to that. That when we see the government, yeah, you're right, the big daddy to all of us doing it, then then yeah, it makes it. You say, gosh, if they're not being fisc- fiscally responsible, then why should I? But even with government, the thing is. Uh, we could tax rich people until we're blue in the face, but the bottom line is no matter what, in your personal income situation as a government running a country, if you spend more than you earn, or in government's case, if you spend more than you have coming in, mm. you're going to be in trouble. And there the you go. Danny, too, Danny I want to make sure you have a chance to give out your website before we uh, have to go. Um, what's, what's your blog? Um, it's dannykofke.blogspot.com. Dot com. So D-A-N-N-Y-K-O-F as in Frank, K-E dot blogspot dot com. And the name of the book is... Um, a Simple a, Book. A Simple Book of final Financial Wisdom. Teach yourself and your kids how to live wealthy with little money. Danny, thank you so much for being on the show with us tonight. I really appreciate your time and uh, wish you luck with the book. Thanks for sharing your wisdom with us. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on. I enjoy talking with all of you. Thanks, Danny. All right. This is Free Talk Live. We've got more coming up if you want to talk with us. 855-450-FREE is our number. Bring up whatever's on your mind. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Are you excited about Flaming Freedom's bigger, gayer dance party at this year's Pork Fest? Oh, yeah. Well, you should be. There's going to be hopping dance music and a giant tent full of liberty lovers getting their gay on. By gay? Do you mean happy? Uh, d- sure, Claire. Super Gay Dre is bringing his elite team of drag queens led by Violencia. There's going to be raffles for all kinds of prizes, as well as prizes for gayest costume, best drag queen, and best drag king. So get your ticket now for the insanely cheap price of just $5 at flamingfreedom.com slash dance party. It's the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. Welcome to the show. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Brett. And I'm Mark. We thank you for joining us this evening and want to let you know that you can call the show and bring up anything that's on your mind. Free Talk Live is a show where you can call in and talk to us about anything. So have at it. The number is 855-450-FREE, 855-450-3733. And I uh, also want to let you know that there's another way to participate in the show. If you have uh, an article, a news item, something that you'd like to see discussed on Free Talk Live, you can bring it to our attention by p- posting it over at news.free, uh, excuse me, over on the Free Talk Live website. 
And uh, you can kind of submit show prep there. Just go to the front right page. Right at freetalklive.com. Yes, exactly. Front page. I made a mistake on there. No but, problem. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've got so many subdomains, it's hard to keep track of them all. But they're all great. So many cool features over at freetalklive.com. All and, free. And all free. All for you. Okay, so, you know, we just interviewed um, Danny Kofke, and that was really interesting. Um, he had some interesting stuff to say about financial responsibility, financial freedom. And, you know, I think personal responsibility is such a huge part of liberty, the things that we talk about on the show. I like that he didn't sugarcoat it. Look, this simple way to handle your uh, your, your finances, mm-hmm. you've got to know where your money's going. If you don't know where your money's going, you don't know anything. And, uh, you know, there, there, there's, there are tricks out there. There's no doubt. I mean, people will, will talk about them, but, you know, this was, this was just a no-nonsense sense way of handling your spending. Yeah. And I have to say, like, you know, a lot of the financial tips that I hear are about uh, sort of trading your time for saved money. You know what I mean? I think there's two things that are really scarce. Money is scarce, but, you know, you can always make more uh, if you, well, sort of always, you know, you have the opportunity to make more. How about, but time you can really never get back no matter what you do. Right. And so like I was thinking kind of during that interview, one of the best things that I think I've ever done financially in my personal life is hire someone to do the things that I hate to do, like cooking, cleaning and laundry. And wow, I save a day a week from that. And that is worth more than I pay for it in money because I get that time and I wouldn't have that time. You know, and I can do things like beyond free talk live. And I think, um, you know, it's it's one thing to hate doing it. Um, You know, it's another thing to, well, you know, what, what is your time worth, um, your free time worth? Yes. And if you, you've got to really quantify it and put a number on it. And, you know, if, if you could get somebody to do the things that are, you know, maintenance intensive, well, that's fine. Now, I choose to have an outdoor wood boiler to heat my house, which yeah. means that I've got to split wood most weekends when there's not snow on the ground. And... A lot of people would say, you know, that, that that that's that's you know, you start calculating that out. How much are you getting paid per hour to do that? And I'll tell you what, it isn't much, but it's exercise. And I'm getting out there and I'm doing things, you know, exercising and clearing land that I might otherwise have to clear. And often there are there are other factors besides just simple dollars and cents. Yep. You yes. know, there's time, there's psychological payoff, there's enjoyment, happiness. And I think, as Danny was saying, you know, you have to kind of factor all of those things in, right? There's certainly a deeper emotional presence to this as well, because there's a lot of, and I, he touched on this a little bit, but there's a, a lot of people who want to give advice, you know, and certainly just in casual conversation where they say, the thing that you have to do is this. <laughs> and what they really mean is, after you magically make the real root reason why you're not doing this disappear... Just follow these three steps, you know. <laughs> so there's there's something deeper that's not yeah. being acknowledged there. And you know, Danny talked about Madison Avenue, but that um, has bled into all mass media and certainly you know entertainment. And uh, the pop culture is extraordinarily superficial, and this is how people judge themselves and judge their worth. Um, yeah, but that's about self esteem. I mean, and, and insecurity, sure. right? It's like. Yeah. People believe because that's the messages and the signals that they hear from culture that like either the more stuff you have or the prettier you are or the more you're desired or the more money you have, maybe then the more you're happy you're going to be. But that's not always necessarily true. It's never about actually filling the hole that that void, you know, that creates this uh, false sense of need for all of these other things. It's just like, you know, we'll we'll 
cover over that hole and then just start piling stuff on top of it. And it never works. I think that's a tech or a defense maybe that some people learn from their parents, too, because, you know, sure. we hear about a lot of parents who who aren't necessarily around or aren't maybe providing love and affection, but then they try to buy their kids a lot of stuff like to make up for it. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's really common. You know, you hear that story from a lot of people. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes it sounds corny, but the best things in life can be free. Right. Yeah. And I think that there's a there's some denial involved. Like he mentioned a family that was, you know, in such desperate situation that they were using food stamps. But uh, it was almost like I don't want to exactly call it an overcorrection, but to go so far the other way to spend six hundred dollars on baseball, on on baseball lessons. That's a real statement about how. Uh, much they don't want to look at what their situation really is. Like, oh, we have $600 for baseball lessons when they when they clearly don't. So mm-hmm. I think denial is a big part of it, too. People spending money that they, they don't have. And we've seen what, what has happened with credit card debt in just the last couple decades as well. So Yeah, and weight loss, too. I'm sorry, Marco, but, you know, weight loss was a big tie-in that Danny was mentioning, too. And so many people have that the same problems that he mentioned with finances like uh, or financial stuff that people feel overwhelmed. They think, oh, I have to lose 50 pounds in two weeks or else I've failed. Right. right. Or they can't even step on the scale and accept where they are. Right. They can't even look at what their, their current situation and say, this is where I am. And this is these are the steps I need to take if I'd like to change this. Right. They they that first step of acceptance of where you are is is lacking. Right. And I think that's kind of a common uh, theme with these two problems. Sure. It's funny that um, that somebody just was suing one of these uh, magazines, uh, these glamour magazines to stop using uh, altered photography of women. You know, someone sued. So I heard about a 13 year old girl who circulated a petition and got like 25,000 signatures to Seventeen Magazine, which that was is like it. a I'm teen sorry. magazine. I, I, my information was bad. I apologize. No, I thought okay. I saw the word sued, but it's the same thing as like somebody making a petition to say, can you stop making sitcoms about people who don't have any financial concerns? You know? Well, <laughs> I've got an article here that says that Israel outlawed thin models. So, um, you know, I've, well, yeah. you're not too far from the mark there. <laughs> Let's now, definitely get into this. But Mark, finish your thought. But we do have a call on the line. Uh, great. Um, the, what I was thinking is when the, we're talking about the, the family was in dire straits, uh, you know, wanting to pay for baseball lessons that this may not be somebody who's spending money on a frivolous thing this may be people who are poorly investing there are a lot of people out there whose investment strategy is to go every week and buy a lotto ticket or a hundred of them or whatever math tax What's that? The math tax. The math tax. <laughs> and that that's how they do their investment because at some point or another they're going to hit it big. And well that might be the same thought process. That's what I thought when I was hearing about the the baseball um, situation. Is well, you know, if we can just get him these lessons, he'll be better than the other kids. He'll be, you know, uh, you know, he'll have a chance to get in the major leagues, and then once he makes a bunch of money, he'll take care of all of us. Yeah, lots of ifs that could be going involved on. in that situation. Right, right. <laughs> sure. It's Hopefully, like a he won't get uh, harmed uh, while playing the sport. Baseball's probably better than football for that, but uh, you know, and hopefully, he'll make it into the major leagues, and hopefully, he won't think you're a bunch of jerks afterwards. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, a lot of contingencies there. Indeed. Okay, let's go straight to the phones. Jess is listening in Idaho, and on the TuneIn app, uh, TuneIn app is a way you can listen to Free Talk Live on your mobile phone and you can find out more about that m.freetalklive.com for mobile. But Jess, what's on your mind tonight? Hello. I, I wanted to call in and um, well, I've been I've been a listener of the show and kind of done some uh, production work for the show for, uh, I guess, a number of years. 
And uh, I had something happen to me last week. Okay. And I kind of wanted to share with our listeners. Um, I have decided kind of on principle to stop bounty hunting. So you are I, uh, currently a I bounty haven't. hunter or you were? I was. I and was for and a while. what kind of can you describe like who do you work for or maybe you don't want to say but tell us more. <laughs> I'm I'm actually independently contracted. I uh, okay. uh my my I guess at this point ex-partner <laughs> and I um we we ran our own company and uh contracted out recovery work to uh you know various bond agencies here in the state and okay. actually out of the state as well. Okay. So why did you decide to stop? Well, I, I, you know, like I said, I've been a listener of the show for a long time, and I, I consider myself to be a liberty-minded individual, and I always justified the work that I did, um, you know, in my own mind, because I was doing it for the private sector and things like that. Well, I, I came on an arrest last week that we were supposed to do, and it was for... Uh, a driving under the influence arrest. It was a $500 bond that uh, the bondsman had made. And okay. so I go to the house, knock on the door, and the guy answers, you know, and it, it's, it's him. And so he invites us in, and we come in and talk to him. And at some point, I, you know, tell him to go ahead and stand up and turn around and put his hands behind his back for me. And his he's... A dad. He's got, you know, two little girls. Okay. Oh, boy. Yeah. yeah. Just, just if, you would, <laughs> if you would hold on the line, this is an interesting story that we're just kind of beginning to get into. I want to hear more about uh, why just stop being a bounty hunter. Coming up in Hour 2 of Free Talk Live, if there's anything that's on your mind that you'd like to share with us, the number is 855-450-FREE, 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. There's more coming up. Stay tuned. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. You are listening to Free Talk Live. Welcome to the show. You are listening to the live Sunday night edition as we kick off the second hour of the show tonight. I'm Stephanie. I'm Brett. And I'm Mark. And you can call us at 855-450-FREE with anything that's on your mind. We do love to hear from the listeners. And hey, I'd I'd like to remind you, uh, if you want an alternative way to watch the show, maybe want to get a little bit of extra content or... a little extra time with us, I guess you could say. You can go to cam.freetalklive.com where you'll find the studio cam and the chat room. You can see what we all look like as we're doing the show, see our crazy uh, hand gestures as we're excitedly talking about issues, right? <laughs> Maybe even Mark will wave at you. Indeed. Right. <laughs> okay, let's go back to the phones. We're speaking with uh, Jess, who's been listening in Idaho. Now, Jess was saying that, uh, well, Jess was a bounty hunter and decided to quit recently. Jess, why don't you go right back into your story? You said you knocked on somebody's door uh, to to take them into possession and realized that, that that person was a dad. Well, actually, what had happened was uh, uh, after I had knocked on the door, 
you know, we were talking to the guy for a little while. I don't know what his kids had been doing, but they'd been in another room. Okay. Uh, the kids did not come out until the point where I was actually putting handcuffs on him. And, you know, I, and, and they were, they were, they started just freaking out and crying. And, you know, I'm, I'm a father myself and I just felt so bad, you know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to, to arrest this guy. Uh, yeah. what I ended up doing was go ahead and, and, you know, I took, I took my cuffs off and, and I told him that it's something that he you know, needs to get taken care of as soon as possible. And mm. uh, I, wow. I, I turned him loose. So that's the end of your... Uh, your... Do, do you know what happened? I mean, did he uh, end up going and getting it taken care of, or did he know that you guys were coming? And this was for a DWI? You know, it, it, at this point, it's only been about a week ago, so, I mean, I don't really know. If, if he did not get it taken care of, essentially what will happen is I will probably be responsible for his bond. Yeah, mm. so, which is which you know it was only a five hundred dollar bond, so it's not much. But and you can always go talk to him and say, "Hey, you know, um, look, you put me on the hook for this, and really like it if you'd handle this." Well, that and you know, my my uh, what what I was making money doing, uh, it, it, my credibility is pretty much gone. Sure. So this is kind of a a point of no return, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you made a deal with these with with him, regardless of the situation that brought him to it. I I mean, you made a deal with him and that deal was that, um, you know, he was going to be able to go free from jail because you were going to put some money up. And then, you know, for I guess he didn't meet his end of the bargain by going to court or whatever. And so... You know, I mean, I, I, I understand where you're coming from on, you know, feeling like you're throwing people into the machinations of the state. I've got that. However, your credibility isn't ruined either. No. And, you know, it's funny when when I was listening to you tell your story at the end there, I was trying I just got this image in my mind of trying to picture an IRS enforcement agent or a DEA agent or even a cop, you know, encountering that situation and doing what you did. Yeah, and I there's no uh, experience or knowledge that I have that allows me to picture that. I don't think I that that would of, happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, all it was 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 a DUI arrest. You know, it's a five hundred dollar bond. It's nothing huge. You know, here in Idaho, if you if you get a DUI, if you've got a hundred bucks in your pocket, you'll be you know in and out in two hours. It, it, it's not an enormous deal, and you know, me having children myself. I, I could I could definitely put myself into that man's shoes and and sure. you know he was a working man as well you know he he wasn't you know any kind of bum or anything like that he had a nice house he had you know nice vehicle and stuff like that you know I, I just I, as a parent myself I understand things happen things come up things all of a sudden you know you think you have money but you yeah. don't <laughs> now do you so, interact with law enforcement a lot for what you do quite a bit okay. So what do you think makes you so different? Why do you think that that what you did in the you know the empathy that you had for this man is just so from everything we know so far into the people in um in uniform, you know, who also who must encounter those situations all the time. Yeah, and I mean, the, you know, I I don't know. I don't find the people in uniform to be as empathetic. I I, I don't think that they in the same situation would very much care myself. You know, I've, I've, I've dealt with them a lot. I've been in a lot of situations with them. I've actually been arrested by them myself 
and had them ask me what, you know, what I'm doing, you know, being cuffed up by them. I mean, I've had people that I've worked right beside come and arrest me, mm. you know, mm. for, for piddly, piddly little warrants that, you know, I don't go to court and, and they come out and get me, you know, because I have some speeding ticket or something like that. Yeah. And how does that help you? And how does it help this person who may have been, I don't know, maybe he was driving intoxicated, maybe... I don't know. We can't. He hasn't be, had a state in court yet. Yeah, we don't. We can't really be the Apparently judge of that. Apparently, isn't but, uh, all fired, excited to get it to court for his day either. <laughs> <laughs> but but even if he was doing that, I mean, how does it help him to force him to pay money to the state to put him in jail? I don't know. Maybe he does need some help, but it seems to me like something else might might help him more. You know. You know, and and I don't know about other states, and I don't know about other locations, but but DUI enforcement seems to be. And and that's, you know, another side of why I took the action that I did, because I don't agree with, with the things that are going on here. Um, basically what happens here, when somebody gets a DUI, they are forced to go to an evaluator. Okay. And this evaluator tells the person, you know, regardless of what they say, regardless of, you know, if they say, hey, I quit drinking the day after I got the DUI. I haven't drank since then. You know, even if it was just like a quick lapse in judgment, they're not necessarily alcoholic. The evaluator will say they are alcoholic and need treatment, and you have to pay for that treatment. Not only that, but you have to pay for the probation. You have to pay fines to the court. It's a money. And it's really easy to violate that probation, I'm sure. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, and they and, sort I mean, of trap you. More and more money funneling into the state, and it's something that I just don't agree with at all, you know. Yeah, well, and there are so many different ways that one could potentially drive in an unsafe manner, like reckless, you know, you could drive and not be paying attention to the road. You could drive while really tired. You could have a child in the back seat who's crying and needs your attention, and maybe you can't look at the road for a minute. Oh, they've shown and, that texting while driving is uh, far worse than, um, you know, driving while, uh, you know, just just at the limit or whatever that is. And it it's kind of interesting that they have this, you know, point zero eight. That's the number. You're drunk here, and if you're twice that, you're just as drunk as if at point zero eight. But if you're point zero seven, you're not. And do they have like intervention programs for people who are texting, like that show them how to ignore their phone or something like that? I mean, by that logic <laughs> of the of the sort of alcohol, you know, you're definitely an alcoholic if you're caught doing this. Then they should have that for the. The texting. You know, I was driving through Massachusetts recently, and they, it's funny because they have these signs all over the road. They're like light up billboards, you know, the kind of things where they can program in the different messages. Sure. And I saw, I must have seen like five or six of them just in a one hour drive through Massachusetts. And what do they say? say like ignorance, ignorance is strength. <laughs> <laughs> they say, uh, don't text while driving, a hundred dollar fine. And but I mean, you have to take your eyes off the road to look at these signs and they're very distracting. And it's kind of just ironic. And they also have the click it or ticket. You know, it's very you really feel the state when you're driving through a place. But like those that. have uh, creeped up into this state now, too. Yes, that's true. Yeah, in some cities. A, couple of them. I, yeah. I mean, a little bit a little bit of background here. I You know, the reason that I went into uh, uh, to bail enforcement in the first place, I actually, you know, going up through high school and stuff like that, I, I kind of had my sights set on uh, on on a law enforcement career. I mean, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a cop when I grew up. And, uh, you know, some, some things happened. Well, first of all, you know, Free Talk Live kind of happened to me. I've been listening, you know, since well before you guys moved to New Hampshire. Wow. <laughs> been around a long time. I have you a know, quick, quick question, Jess. No mean to interrupt you, but I'm wondering what motivated 
Do you know what your motivations were in the first place for being a police officer or wanting to go into law enforcement? You know, I, I actually, I, I, I really did have humble and, and, and genuine intentions. I did not want to, uh, to hurt people. I wanted to help people. And, you know, I've come right. to realize law enforcement for, for the machine that it is, you know, for the, for the oppressive thing that it is. Um, Jess, th- thanks so much for sharing your story with us. Uh, I really wish you luck. I hope you find something else that you like doing. And good luck out there. Keep us posted. Uh, it's Free Talk Live. 855-450-FREE is our number. You can call us with anything that's on your mind. Coming up, oppressive taxes. Free Talk Live. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized, free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at weusecoins.com. But if you already have some Bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at SpendBitcoins.com. When you spend Bitcoins on Amazon via SpendBitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy Bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.SpendBitcoins.com. Once again, that's SpendBitcoins.com. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. I'm Stephanie. I'm Brett. And Mark. And we thank you for joining us this evening. Our number is 855-450-FREE. If you'd like to call and bring up whatever's on your mind, we're open to talking about lots of different topics. Uh, We like freedom here on the show, and we'll probably relate it back to that. But anything goes, anything that's on your mind. Also want to remind you about news.freetalklive.com. It's the best way to keep up to date with the show. Stay abreast of all the uh, happenings going on behind the scenes in Free Talk Live when we add a new radio affiliate, right? Like we... We uh, think the Sunday Show added a new one this week, right? That's Mark? right. Uh, that we are the Sunday Show, and uh, you know we're on in, uh, in in Washington, a new radio station now. Mm-hmm. Live Sunday edition. Uh, you're hearing us live if you're listening between the hours of 7 p.m. and 10 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, gentlemen, let's go right back to the phones. We've got a call on the line. Uh, Mike is on the line in Phoenix, Arizona. Mike, what's on your mind? Hey, good evening, guys. I haven't called for a few weeks, but um. I was just here. I heard you before the commercial say you were going to talk about taxes or whatnot, but yeah, I have never in my entire life filed tax return. Really? How'd you get? So you've gotten and you've gotten away with it. I've gotten away with it, but really, it's not. I hate it when people say you're getting away with it because I'm not really getting away with anything. It's a voluntary tax. I mean, it's it's voluntary. You know, anything I saw Mike. I saw this. I saw a statement on the like. I know it's. I realized that the codes or whatever the the laws uh, of of the IRS that supposedly govern taxes say that this is a voluntary tax, but I saw an actual statement from the IRS a little while back that said something like, well, in this context, voluntary means that you're paying us instead of we we just take it right out of your check or something like that. Like they defined the word voluntary in a completely different sense that is not what you and I would think of when we hear that word. Well, I, I agree. And you know what? I've never thought of things in a certain uh, uh, the way you guys have before, but I know that Mark and Ian have said before, I don't want my tax money going to support the military. And that's my main thing now is I don't want to support the wars. And you do that by paying taxes. But um, I figure that I don't, ha- I don't have any kids. I'm, I'll be 40 years old next month. Uh-huh. And uh, I don't have any kids going to public school. I pay for the roads when I get uh, my diesel fuel. I'm a truck driver. And when I get my regular gas, and I'm I've I'm armed, so I don't I don't need to call the police department. If, if my house burns down, the fire department could come to save the houses next to me. 
but they don't need to save mine because my house is a church. You know what I mean? But you're pa- I, but I you pay your property tax. tax. But you pay property taxes, right? Right. And so the fire department's paid through by uh, paid for through property taxes. So, Mike, okay, do you? Well, I hope I don't mean to get overly personal here, but I mean I'm kind of curious. Do you just make enough money so that you fall under the so-called tax line, or do you um, make as much well, as you I, please, but not just not file? Have you do you not have a W two job? No, I have a W two job. I just don't file. I refuse oh. to file. I pay state and uh, social security tax and federal tax each time I get a paycheck. Only because if I were to write exempt, I think that would trip a red flag or, you know, and I do make more than $15,000. I actually make about 50000 a year driving the semi-truck. Uh-huh. But I've, I've just never, pay, I've never, I've never filed. Wow. Yeah, now, and I don't so, think this is uncommon, right, Mark? Didn't you calculate once, like, the, by, based on the population and the number of returns that are filed? Well, he may actually be paying because they might be taking some money out of his uh, paycheck and then he's not filing to get it back, too. But um, when you calculate the amount of people that file income tax returns, and I believe it's about it's about 144 million tax returns are filed. And then you figure out how many sometimes some of those are people filing jointly. So there may there are more than. 144 million people out of the 300 plus million people in the United States filing. But um, and then you start figuring out, you know, how many of those people are work age and you figure it all out. And the best I was able to come up with is about 27 to 28 percent in the year I looked at. I think it was 2010. uh, 27 or 28 percent of people actually paid taxes because about half of half of the people that file taxes don't actually pay. Right. I was going to bring that up. There are we we just read an article sort of on that subject where there are a lot of people who file, but they end up getting money back or they end up not owing so-called anything. Well, there's this earned income tax credit and yep. the head of household and all that stuff. And if you uh, you know make less than a certain amount of money, they actually give you money when you file. Yep. Yeah. Well, and I think I, go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. I, I think that I, I pay. <laughs> excuse me. I think I pay enough. Because I, they do get almost thirty percent of my pay each and every Thursday. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They, they they get it from me, and it's I'm I'm deciding whether or not to take the next step and go into my uh, human resources department and putting uh you know the old order Amish or something like that on the pay line, or uh, just not signing or telling exempt. But I'm just so I, I am scared that that'll trigger something, you know, and 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 then I could open a can of worms. Sure. I just figure hmm. at this point in time. They get enough from me each Thursday that I'm just going to let a sleeping dog lie, and I'm just I'm just going to continue to not file. Now, Michael, if you if you're if you're a W two employee, I heard that correctly, right? Yes. Couldn't you, if you did file, couldn't you actually be taking money back from them? I'm, like, I, I, you know, the way I look at that, you know, a lot of people think, and I hate this, is they say, "Oh, I'm getting money back this year on my refund." Well, really, <laughs> all that's happening is you're getting some of the money that the government took from you illegally. No, no, no. I understand that. And you have to beg for it, right? I understand that. Yeah, you have to jump through a few hoops. You have to yeah. do a few tricks to yeah, get it. right. But what I'm saying is one of your objections, and I totally share this with you, is that you don't, don't want to pay for the crimes of the government, especially in the form of war. But if you are a W-2 employee, like if you're not a W-2 employee, there's uh, ways to hide money. But if you're a W-2 employee, if you file you're taking money uh, away from them that's yours, or you're keeping your money away from them, even if they take it and do whatever for a while, then you get some of it back. 
You're right. And I've thought about that, that, I, that there's a good chance that nobody has ever sent me a letter or given me a phone call because the fact is the government probably owes me some money. They I'd say that, owe you a lot. Yeah, yeah that's I'd, probably I'd say it's quite reason. possible. Yeah. So, Mike, I, I just want to say, I mean, I'm happy for you if you get to keep what you earn. And if you if you get like a psychological payoff from not filing those papers, then, you know, good on you. I'm, I, I definitely don't. I want people to be happy, right? And you know, I hope you can keep this arrangement if it's something that works for you. But yeah, I, I have to uh, wonder if it's because that you're actually paying more that they're not, you know, going after you. Yeah, when you owe them money, they'll be in touch. I, I, that's usually how it works. I, I, you know, maybe there's a lot of. Uh, I, there are tens of millions of working age people, working people, people that are working mm-hmm. that aren't paying taxes. I don't know how they do it. I don't know their specific instance. And that's why I was interested in what Mike had to say here. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and he's one of the people that isn't filing. Right. But there are certainly getting, I and mean, he's one of that tens of millions of people that aren't filing their taxes. And I'm interested, you know, what do all those people look like? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I saw an ad for a IRS agent, you know, like to work at one of their regional centers and basically be one of the people that goes and tries to find the people who aren't like who filed one year and didn't file the next year or or you got a form from them and they didn't file a return or they didn't have that return on their form or whatever, like the ones that really go after the people and they make like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. I, mean, I think I saw starting. that ad on something that was like Government Monster, and I was actually looking at another ad for that the U.S. Army had on saying that they're looking for internment camp and relocation specialists to join the Army. <laughs> Yikes. Mike, appreciate the call, and good luck out there. Please keep us updated. I'm curious to know, and thanks for sharing your experience. This is Free Talk Live. 855-450-FREE is our number. Call in and share anything that's on your mind tonight. The Liberty Movement is bursting at the seams with women from all walks of life who are courageously dedicating their time and energy in the pursuit of a freer society. Every day, the message is spread by this small but growing demographic. This year, at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, the creators of Silver Circle will be giving away the first ever Zoe Taylor Award. Zoe Taylor is the lead female rebel in the upcoming animated film Silver Circle, whose dedication to destroying the Federal Reserve makes her a positive female role model. Nominate who you think deserves the Zoe Taylor Award today by sending an email with the name and a 300-word minimum essay of why you think this person deserves the Zoe Taylor Award to award at silvercirclemovie.com. The deadline for nominations is June 1st at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Visit silvercirclemovie.com for more details. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. So glad you've joined us this evening. I'm your host, Stephanie. I'm Brett. And I'm Mark. And our number is 855-450-3733. The phones are blowing up, gentlemen. Uh, you know, I wanted to get into this article about oppressive taxation, but looks like we have a lot of callers who want to talk about the same topic. So always glad to have that. And I uh, do want to remind you that uh, you can also help out Free Talk Live. There's a way to help the show that's completely free. If you want to just do us a favor, you can go to shop.freetalklive.com, enter Amazon through Free Talk Live's portal, and uh, Free Talk Live gets a little cut. It's, uh, you know, just a little easy 
easy way. It doesn't affect your uh, purchase price, but it sure helps us out. So we do appreciate that. Shop.freetalklive.com. Earlier, you were mentioning that we have a new radio station um, in West Washington. It's Ellisburg, Washington. It's KXLEAM 1240. And we welcome them. You know, they're taking all three hours live here. They're going to hear something entertaining. Yeah, that's very different than the normal talk radio. Never heard anything like Free Talk Live on the radio. I can assure you of that. Um, For for folks all around the country and frankly, all around the world, Free Talk Live is a uh, very popular podcast. And some of our, you know, our download numbers are pretty high in Russia right now. I have no idea. Um, Anyway, if you're looking for camping, hunting, survival, or shooting gear, manventureoutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, boating equipment, everything the outdoors person needs, and in the name brands, and... Frankly, some of the best prices you're going to be able to find on the Internet. you got to go take a look. Before you buy anything for the outdoors enthusiast, whether it's you or somebody you love, um, it's manventureoutpost.com. They're family-owned, members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau. You can get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from manventureoutpost.com. All right, let's go right to the phones. We're going to talk with Leo in Oregon. He wants to talk about taxes. He's listening online. Leo, are you with us? I'm here. Go. What's on your mind? Great show. Thanks. Yeah, you know, I've heard that the way, uh, you know, the thing that I've heard as far as the taxes go, if you notice, uh, everybody is a resident of the state they live in and not a citizen. Yes. And when you file out your taxes, you're saying, I am a citizen of the United States of America. And what um, the way I understand it, the Internal Revenue Code interprets that is that you're you're actually stating that you're a citizen of the Federal District of Columbia, which then gives them and you're swearing that under penalties of perjury, but you're not you're just a resident of the state you live in. I don't think I've ever heard you, this one before. <laughs> My question when is was too, the last time you, you met somebody who was a citizen of the state of Oregon, who was a citizen of the state of Massachusetts. And yet there is, I've heard there's also mechanisms in place in those, in every state, whereby you can become a citizen of that state, you can swear allegiance to that state, you can, uh, you can keep your Social Security number for identification purposes only and, and not pay the voluntary Social Security tax. However, you know, I've been, I've been thinking about this for a long time. Well, before you go on, can I, I ask where you got that information? Can I, can I ask the research that you did to come up with that? Um, actually, the research was done by someone else. Uh, his name is Wayne Ryan, I believe. It's been years since I've read the book. The name of the book is Goodbye April 15th, and he wrote it, wrote it under the alias of Boston Tea Party. Okay, so... And he has, it, he has a bibliography at the end of the book, um, so he basically saves you from doing the homework yourself. But I haven't heard it just from him. Um, I've also... Uh, there was an ad that ran for a while... I believe it was either in uh, Contact Magazine or in American Free Press. There was a guy that said, you know, stated the same thing. Find okay. out how and, to, and have you I, tried it, Leo? Or you, do you know anybody no, who tries it? No, Are there any I, case I, studies I, of anybody I, who's I, done it? No. I, yes. I, I Well, I don't know them personally, but I do know of one person that's done it. And I've heard of, uh, you know, I've heard of... A friend of mine also knows of a person, so I don't know anybody personally who has done it, but I've heard, and and I wanted to go beyond that. I think, 
you know, well, there's let's there's let's address many- this before you go beyond anything. Let's let's address what we're talking about here. And I think that you know, first off, uh, lots of people have lots of different plans, and the fact that the federal government is really inefficient in tracking people down that are doing this, that, or the other, kind of gives credence to one plan or another. Now, I have some friends, uh, you know, that people that call the show and people I've met that don't file, and they have you know this idea or that idea. What I would caution everybody on is that I really do believe the the, the federal government of the United States, and frankly, every other federal government of every other country believes strongly, the employees believe strongly that they own you, that they own your labor, that they own the fruits of your labor, and that if you choose to deprive them of what they believe they own, that they're likely to come after you, you know, regardless of whatever, uh, you know, just genuflications or uh, voodoo you, uh, you know, toss at them, that they're likely to believe that you know, so what? And they're still come after you and, and impoverish you and, and imprison you. And ultimately, the tool they use to do that is force. I mean, it just because even if they had written it out and it seemed like legitimate from a legal standpoint, it's still backed by force. right? Yeah. And these the, yeah, these kinds of strategies and these kinds of plans also kind of look overlook rather the inherent irrationality in violence and like they wouldn't find another way to do it. And it kind of creates this facade that this is some kind of organization that's playing by the rules. And people have, uh, you know, called this show for years and said, no, when you get pulled over, just say that your vehicle is a is a vessel. And, you know, it's I want people to understand that they're dealing with a violent gang. It's not like you're on a game show in a foreign country where you just have to know like a few magic words and a couple of special rules and you can do okay. Like if they want this money from you, they're going to find a way to get it. And you see that because so many people in our society through our schooling, through the cultural I, assimilation, through... Yep, you're still on. Yeah, yep. yeah, just one more minute okay. and then I'll let you continue. Um, okay. Are so willing to accept this argument from authority if people find what they believe to be a legal way around something, then the government can come back and just say, oh, well, now the rule is this. And we're still the authorities and, you know, what we say goes. So now we have new rules to deal with that problem. Mm. I'm sorry, Leo. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. And I did another thought just popped in my head. But when they do something illegal, they just pass a law and make it make it retroactively. Yes, legal. sure. Right. But, and and uh, I think that's important. But, and consider that, the, the you know, people will always point back to Supreme Court rulings. But this Supreme Court, if they didn't believe that, uh, that that they had the ability to tax your labor, the individual, you, the citizen of Massachusetts or whatever city it is or whatever state it is you claim to be from, um, that if they didn't have the ability to tax you, then it's all they would have to do is take a case right up to the Supreme Court, the same Supreme Court that in 2005 ruled that uh, the city of New London, Connecticut, had the right to kick people off their property in order to, uh, you know, put Pfizer in place. You know, saying that, yeah. uh, saying that, uh, you know, when it came to eminent domain, that eminent it was, domain, yeah, yeah, well, that the, it was not in fact the public's use, which is what the Constitution says, but the public's good, and that which means some, more tax money for right, the government. So, so I don't believe for a second that the government is somehow following some rule uh, you know that says that oh well they don't have the right to tax you here or tax you there however i don't i do applaud people that for whatever reason choose not to pay this gang of people that will uh, come after you and uh, attempt to extract your your labor from you leo final yeah, thoughts one of um, my final thought is and it, it it ties into what you guys have been saying is you know, if you put if you put a generation in perspective, let's say a generation is thirty years, and you divide two hundred by thirty, what do you what do you have? You have about five or six generations, 
And the greatest nation that had ever stood, that ever graced this planet, what we tried to do, we stood up proudly. And for the first time in eons, in eons, Thomas Jefferson said, where is the tax gatherer of these United States? And it was possible. It happened. And we didn't have to pay taxes. And we have to get, instead of trying to weave through, why are we weaving around criminals? Why don't they go to jail? Why are we... And, and that that's why we're talking. Riot. Yep, that's why we're talking about these ideas, Leo. And you know, we got a lot of other calls on the line, so I'm gonna uh, have to move on. But thank, thank, you, thank you for having me on. Great thank, show. Thanks, thank Leo. you for the call. Appreciate your thoughts. When did the United States not have taxes? I, I'm thinking of the Whiskey Rebellion. Um, you know, yeah. that George Washington sent uh, what is it, Harry Lighthorse Lee, uh, Robert <laughs> E. Lee's father or grandfather, out in order to to squash some people who didn't like taxes on their whiskey. They've been trying to get their money for a long time. It's It's Free Talk Live. Uh, More coming up about taxes and your calls when we return. Free Talk Live. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. I'm Stephanie. I'm Brett. And I'm Mark. And we thank you for joining us this evening. Our number is 855-450-FREE, where you can call and bring up whatever's on your mind. But the phones are just loaded up. We've got a lot of people who want to talk about taxes. This is a hot topic that we stumbled upon. Uh, well, actually, we didn't That's really... how Free Talk Live goes. We stumble <laughs> through three hours. <laughs> <laughs> I think you, uh, you underestimate us, Mark. Uh, it's clearly people want to participate, and I'm really glad about that. So, um, And I also do want to remind you about uh, listen.freetalklive.com if you're curious about different ways to get Free Talk Live into your ears. You can find out all of our radio affiliates. You can find our internet streams, the listen lines, the uh, cam, and uh, everything else. Satellite, too. That's the one thing I missed uh, on listen.freetalklive.com. All right. Should we go back to the phones? Yep. Let's take them. Okay. Norm is in Illinois, and he wants to talk about taxes, too. He's listening on XM. Excuse me. Norm, are you with us? Yes. Good evening. You know, I I wanted to address Mike's uh, philosophy and uh, the way he approaches it. Uh, while I respect his right to make that decision, I think he uh, he's missing a point. Uh, I'm in the same industry he is, and um, uh, I, I'm a I'm a W two employee as well, which okay. means um, Uncle Sam gets a percentage of my money before I get mine. But I do file my taxes, and I file uh, every uh, every loophole and every exemption I'm entitled to because I want to get that money back, uh, you know, that, uh, that uh, it is my money. And I agree with him that I don't like the way some of it's spent and where it's spent. Sure. But I don't want to leave those funds, I don't want to leave excess funds in the hands of people who I don't like the way they spend it in, in the first place. Now, this is my policy. Um, now, you know, I'll admit, I will readily admit that I send money to the government in order not to be jailed. Um, that's, you know, I am scared. I've got a, I've got a kid who's four years old and my wife, uh, you sure. know, she, she relies on me. So, you know, yep. 
I'm uh, the reason I I, I'm, I am terrified and therefore, um, you know, I am ruled by terror. And I guess that makes the government terrorists. But um you know, I I choose to file the. Actually, my wife does them and spends probably forty hours every year, a full week of worth of work in order to file our taxes. And you know, there's write-offs all over the place if you look for them. And as a result, we don't pay income tax. I we file our tax returns, but we don't pay income tax. There's a small business tax out there, and it's a it's basically the we know you people are going to cheat tax so we've put come up with a tax for you know small businesses because we know you people get too many write-offs and wow we pay that it's about 700 bucks but that's all i've paid for you know the last few years i guess it just depends where your comfort level is doesn't it i mean some people are more comfortable at least trying to do everything by the book like that that won't stop them from getting you on something if they want yeah, if to. they really wanted to get you they could always go through your taxes and find something you did wrong because they're impossible to do right right yeah they're just yeah. so complicated yeah. go ahead well, you see, and that's that's one hundred percent true too. And you you have to look at it, uh, you know, where your personal stance is. But the transportation industry that that Mike and I are both in is one of the last few uh, occupations where the the tax codes treat you quite fairly, really. You know, honestly. And um, is it ever really fair, I though? No. I mean, is it ever no, really fair to have true. money taken from you against your consent? Definitely a relative. Exactly. Thing. I. Yeah. I, I wholeheartedly agree with that statement there uh, uh, because I don't like paying taxes at all. But the, the, the gist of the matter is they're going to get my money before I get my money. Yep. So yep. I want to figure out a way to get it back. And they, many states have uh, put together these uh, commercial law enforcement, commercial traffic enforcement divisions, divisions that are specifically set up to go after truckers. Uh, not they generally yeah. don't even go after the normal folks on the road. That's sure. their job. Truckers, yeah, the way and stations and all the laws, and a, you got a light out. And yeah, <laughs> it's a whole new tax division because, yeah, like filing out one's tax return, it's almost impossible to follow all the rules that you know any any uh, government institution has. So right. you know that's truckers get truckers get it coming and going. And frankly, you know it's it's, it's kind of sad how these people who basically are responsible for all the goods and all the service, well, at least a large a large amount of the goods that you consume in your daily life they just you know the, the government piles on them because they can sure and yes, so let me say, let, can, can i say one thing before sure. uh, before i go there yes yes uh i agree with that last statement but the, the reality of it is and I, i'm not i'm saying this from a, a realistic standpoint uh there there isn't if you gave me time time and and uh, your attention there isn't a thing in your life that, that you can point to that at some point in the deal it wasn't transported on a truck uh, oh, in yes. some fashion. Yeah, mm. yeah it's, transportation is is, is a, 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 a central link in our lives, and yet it it is one of the most regulated industries in America. Some of it for thank, good. Norm, thank you for good. your service and thank you for lending <laughs> your perspective tonight. Appreciate your thoughts. I was I thought you were going to thank him first. I love <laughs> truckers. I mean, I'm 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 an unabashed trucker lover. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay, thanks. Let's take Ted's call. Ted's listening in Oregon on Sirius. He says Sirius, but maybe he means, are we on Sirius? We're on XM. Okay, Ted, are you with us? Yes, I am. What's on your mind tonight? I have a lot of fun, you know. T- 
Ted, Ted you know, have, I'm going to put you on. Get hold. some modulation problems um, and with your your phone, and I don't know if it's a cell phone or what it is, but maybe we can get you on another line or get you on a better cell or something like that. We'll bring you back on. Sure. Yeah, please don't drop off. Yep. Uh, let's try one more time. And Ted. Oh, he's the only caller. No, no, we've got someone else. There. Yeah. Okay, that's better. Go on. Go on with your thoughts, Ted. Please. That's yes. Um, I don't want to You know, it's a politicians that created all this national debt. Why don't we tell them that uh, 25 to 50 cents to every dollar that's donated to your political campaign has to go to paying down the national debt, not buying a TV commercial? Uh, yeah, there is there is a lot of money that goes into the political campaigns. You know, a lot of these these yeah. big companies will donate to both Republicans and Democrats just because they the want to have. So yeah. Let's tell them that. Let's tell them 25 to 50 cents on the dollar needs to go to paying off the debt. How's the uh, enforcement for that work? <laughs> you know, I like I like the uh, I like the idea, but uh, I don't think that that's that's not how the game goes. Unfortunately. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, I do like the idea though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ted thinks. Nope, sure, go ahead. go ahead. There's one other quick thing that I need to say. You know, everybody in the Republican Party is screaming cut corporate taxes. Um, didn't they just scream? Six months or so ago, that he paid no corporate tax because he was a friend of Obama's. Who I know, GE this? didn't. Uh, I know they didn't, but they didn't it move was, the money uh, on shore. I believe it was guys like uh, Rush and Sean and a couple others. They were screaming that GE paid no corporate tax. Now they're screaming, "Cut the corporate tax! It's too much! It's too much!" Six months ago, they didn't pay any. Now they, they're much. They are not known for their uh, logical consistency. And uh, <laughs> Ted, thanks for no. sharing your thoughts with us tonight. No. You have a good evening. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he's proposing that people should pay these companies should pay corporate tax, but mm. uh, well, I don't think they should. But also, GE gets a lot of benefits from the government, so they're oh, basically yes. a welfare queen. And there's lots of there's <laughs> yes. lots of companies like that. So, yep. As far as I'm concerned, cut the subsidies. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. Today. Sure. I completely agree with you there. Okay, let's go one more time to Jeremy in Philadelphia. Wants to talk about taxes also. And Jeremy, are you with us? Yeah. Hey, I heard an interesting tax uh, tax payment strategy. But first, my personal situation. Sure. Uh, last year, I had I had two jobs, and I filled out I filled out my W two wrong. I guess they didn't really explain it to me. I didn't really know how to fill them fill them out but i claim ignorance of the law is no excuse (laughs) they don't give you an instruction (laughs) manual either yeah and um apparently they weren't taking out enough federal withholding and i went to h&r block and they uh i I think i made like 25 or 26 grand and they put my income on a chart and they typed in some other things and they said well you owe two thousand eighty dollars but your two jobs only took out fourteen hundred dollars so go ahead write the IRS, and this is after I lost my other job, so I was working one job and maybe bringing home uh, like 900-something at the end of the month, and they said, oh, well, you're going to have to write the IRS a check for $610. So I mailed the IRS a check for $100, and about 45 days later, they sent me a statement, and they said, well, we charged you a half a percent interest and uh, 0.3 of a percent penalty, so for not paying $500 for Almost two months and only cost me about five bucks. Five, five, no, about six dollars. Nice deal. I don't know if I would have been better off just not filing at all. Sometimes, yeah, because of course, when you file, they have evidence that they can use against you, right? If you fill it out so called wrong, right? Indeed, you sign it. Yeah, 
what if I didn't file it? Of course, that would have been a risk on me. But I, I heard uh, someone else on a talk show where they said that they went to their HR department, they didn't get any federal taken out, and then they took the money that they that would have been. T- I guess they calculated what their withholding would have been, and they, they invested took that it. Money and they in- they invested it in gold, and then. That the the time came at the the year to file. They took the money that they owe. Sounds like a good strategy, like they, Jeremy. If you have more, hang on the line. I want to hear a little more about this. I know he had something more to say, so we'll come back to him in hour three here on Free Talk Live eight five five four fifty free. What has happened to America, and when did it become okay for the government to extort wealth from the American people? As a former law enforcement officer, I have explained in my new book, In Plain Sight, The Disregarded Truth, how absolute property ownership has been denied to the American people, how and why inflation is fleecing America, how law enforcement officers are being used to suppress and criminalize the beliefs of liberty and freedom. In Plain Sight explains how we can restore what was once a free America. Get your copy of In Plain Sight, The Disregarded Truth today at Amazon.com. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. We're kicking off Hour 3. I'm your host, Stephanie. I'm Brett. And I'm Mark. We're so glad you've joined us this evening. Our listeners are so special. We love it when they call us at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Don't forget uh, the website, freetalklive.com, has lots of great features. And uh, let's say you called in tonight. Let's say you uh, just missed a part of the show. You can catch it on the archive, available anytime you want, on demand over at freetalklive.com. And, uh, you know, we encourage you to share the show with your friends. If you like what we have to say, if you uh, think it's entertaining, doesn't hurt to tell a couple friends about Free Talk Live. And we do appreciate that. So, Indeed. A lot of people complain that uh, you know sharing the ideas of freedom with their friends and family is very difficult for them to do. Well, you know, lots of people enjoy consuming talk radio, and it doesn't have that uh, you know coming from a friend aspect this mm-hmm. way. For, sure. for years, I've been offering people the free talk live challenge. Where oh, I yeah? Say, yes, 30 listen, days? No, no. <laughs> six days. Ooh. And this started when you guys were on six days a week, you know, a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. said Monday through Saturday night. Listen to the show. Let's talk again in a week and tell me nothing has changed. Mm. No, nobody ever takes that challenge that I offered it to. Unfortunately, nobody but, really. You know, you know, I think there's there's a lot of different ways to discover Free Talk Live, but that's part of the same problem when you suggest it to somebody. They're like, that's just going to be more of your crap. <laughs> but, but I mean, you know, I, I discovered it. I, I discovered it by accident, and uh, I think a lot of people do. And um, certainly, LRN helps because a lot of people. There's a lot of niche liberty podcasts. Yeah, and like yours, Brett. We have to mention your your um, show. See, I'm very clever. It's not just a podcast; it's also a live radio show. And yes. we're, we're talking, of course, about School Sucks, yep. right? School Sucks podcast and radio show? Is yep. it School Sucks Live? Uh, I think School Sucks Radio is a little bit clearer as okay. far as what that actually is, but we do a podcast. I've been doing it for almost three years. We cover educational issues, but really the mission of the show is to take the word education back from the indoctrinators and define yeah. it for what it really is, this lifelong self-directed pursuit of new knowledge acquisition. And uh, Thursday nights, we do a live call-in show on LRN. We also stream the show at schoolsucksproject.com slash live, where you can watch our video. Cool. Very nice. And we are, of course, LRN siblings, actually. Free- sure. We are, we are all an incestuous... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we are. We sleep in a pile. We are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> we are all LRN uh, family here, uh, sitting here. You know, there's Free Talk Live, there's the School Suck Show, and then I have my own show called Pork Therapy, Pork Like a Porcupine, P-O-R-C Therapy.com. It's a show about personal liberty, basically. Kind of like what, you know... Sometimes we talk about financial stuff like we talked about at the beginning of the show. Uh, sometimes just psychology, personal freedom. Uh, it's it's interesting. You should. Uh, I'll, I'll issue the pork therapy challenge too to uh, anybody who's listening. Mm, yeah. so, <laughs> and uh, it's only once a week, so you can't listen every day. But anyway, let's go back to the phones. We've got Jeremy waiting very patiently on the line. And Jeremy, are you with us? Yes. Um, it was really interesting because I was talking about my tax issue of owing $600 to the I, IRS at work uh, when I was working as in a retail in a really poor area. Mm. And I was talking to some customers about it, and the customers kind of laughed and said, "Oh, well, we just find someone's kid to claim, and uh, we get a couple grand back, and then we just oh. break off. We just break like a hundred or two hundred dollars off to the girl who we claimed her kids." And like I just sat there thinking, "Wow, I could." He could have filled out his forms the exact same way as me, but he know, knows someone that has kids that doesn't work or that doesn't have a job and can just claim other people's kids on his return, and then the government could just give him. And my, my, my co-worker claimed his sister's kids, because I guess she doesn't work, claimed his sister's kids and got like six grand back. Wow. And here I am, did 70 hour, like 60 to 70 hour weeks for a year filled out my forms wrong and, and owe $600 back. And it's just like, wow, are you serious? That's going to be so really frustrating. Yeah. And, and you know, what does that say to the kids too? Like you're just a paycheck, you know, if you're a kid and you find out about that, don't you feel a little bit objectified? I don't know. What do you guys think? But before I go, uh, uh, Stephanie, you have such a great radio voice. It's like a motherly intelligence uh, it's Thank a you. really convincing radio Usually voice. people don't say motherly. Usually they say sexy. <laughs> <laughs> but you've oh. been the first one. I guess I'm a radio MILF or something. Yes. <laughs> sure. There you go. So I do do voiceovers in case anybody's interested in, in narrations. Uh, you can find out more at porktherapy.com, which is my website. Uh, anything else on your mind, Jeremy? Um, uh, I guess um, uh, with the uh, income tax thing, like, I hear a lot of people say, oh, well, uh, I even saw some bumper stickers like, oh, a fair tax or a flat tax. Like, Ugh. it's the same As if any thing, tax like, is fair. <laughs> yeah, I just, I see people, uh, they they roll out an alternative and they, they, uh, they put, they frame that alternative as against the IRS or against the tax system. And it's the same thing. And it just, and the, it, it, mm. it, it, it just, it's, it's like a semantical game of, changing the words and yeah not too radical right and radical of course means uh root striking right so to change the tax to some flat tax or fair tax you know it's still a tax and it's at bottom line taking money from people without their uh approval and people see that there is a a certain level of uh, fairness for paying for the things that they receive and they believe themselves to be receiving things from the government and the government does give you things but they don't ask if you want them right the problem (laughs) is is the government is a monopoly now we're told uh, all along that monopolies are bad and that we have to have this government monopoly in order to enforce this idea that monopolies are bad and get rid of all the monopolies I mean, it's it's this really sort of uh, you know, the quixotic idea. It doesn't make any sense. Um, and, you know, people but people do want to pay for the things that they get. Well, you know, that would be easy if we were just paid for the things that we got rather than trying to figure out what the fair amount is for everybody to pay this way or that way. And remember who's going 
to implement these ideas. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be politicians and politicians for for millennia. The, the term has been synonymous with crooks, liars and thieves. I mean, so (laughs) the idea that we're going to get crooks, liars, and that we're going to get fairness out of them to implement a fair tax is kind of pie in the sky. And people call me Pollyanna-ish because I don't want to see people threatening each other in order to get what they want in life. I'm Pollyanna-ish, but they want to see the tax system, uh, you know, change. Yeah, they want to see government uh, enforce its own rules on itself and right. uh, uh, be a check to itself, and not going to happen. So, Jeremy, thank, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts tonight. I'm really sorry you had to go through that. That's that stinks, but I hope he can find a way to keep more of his money. And do appreciate his call. Let's go also to Fred. Uh, Fred's listening in Michigan on uh, eleven. 11- Excuse me, 1570 AM in Flint, Michigan. Fred, are you with us? Hey there. Hi. What's on your mind? Well, uh, as I uh, checked in, I was hearing the discourse regarding taxation and the power power to tax is the power to enslave. Sure. And as I recall, perhaps uh, not totally accurately, but the Revolutionary War Purportedly, it was over taxes, but then I heard, yeah, well, beyond that, the the really big iceberg uh, in, in the face of the, what was it, King Richard II? Or George, George the Third. King George, thank you. Okay, it was the currency uh, creation of the, the colonial okay. populace. So, I got to thinking here, okay, so... Uh, there's a story about uh, Patrick Henry writing into Culpeper, Virginia, March of 75, and he's with, he observes a guy uh, being scourged to death, oh. literally scourged. Mm-hmm. So naturally he inquires as to the, the criminal offense of this guy, and he's informed that the, uh, the, the uh, Bible-preaching minister refused to take the compelled license uh, from the King of England in order to preach the gospel. Okay. Uh, and so they ultimately did murder the guy for refusal to take the license. So then I got to thinking, okay, where, where does licensing originate, right? It's a great question. I think it comes from when they want to uh, be able to deny you uh, the privilege to do thing, something. But Fred, if you'd hang on the line with us, I'd like to hear more about what you had to say, because it's a, an interesting start. 855-450-FREE is the number for Free Talk Live. That's the show you're listening to, the live Sunday edition. And we'll be back. There's more coming up. Free Talk Live. Empower yourself by trading with value. Visit DontTreadOnMeme.com. Browse their unique silver dime trading cards and get all your favorite designs. Gift them, keep them, or trade them for something else. They're real value in a convenient package and a tool that you can use to spread the word about honest money and how it sets us free. While you're at it, check out their quality apparel. You'll want to be the first of your friends to get their clever graphics on you. Don't tread on meme. That's don't tread on meme.com. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. 855-450-FREE is our number. That's 855-450-3733. If you're listening to us live on Sunday evening, you're hearing the 
Live Sunday edition, of course. Uh, and I'm your host, Stephanie. I'm Brett. And I'm Mark. And uh, we'd love to hear from you this evening. We've been talking with uh, Fred in uh, Michigan. He's been telling us sort of a parable, and I want you to continue with what you had to say, Fred. Okay. Uh, so in studying the Federal Charter, uh, says Article 1, Section 8, many things, one of which that is... That sounds a little boring, <laughs> to tell you the truth. It is, it is, but, you know, they do swear an oath. They are all sworn, right? That's correct. To defend, blah, blah, the U.S. Constitution. So why not, why not have a grasp of what the intrinsic uh, fiduciary duties might be? To which they are all sworn, and I believe isn't it isn't it the case that a, a an oath is in reality a verbally consummated contract with those to whom the oath applies, and and we pay their salaries. That's got to be a contract. All of this and is true, is, Fred. I, is no- I I agree with what you're saying. It just seems like the evidence recently, especially, is that you know the. A lot of these people don't follow their oaths and they don't keep their word. And what we're paying for isn't necessarily something that we'd want to be paying them for anyway. And maybe we don't want their services, right? Yeah. And again, where would the enforcement be to get somebody to follow this contract? Even if you could establish that it was an enforceable contract, how does that work? Well, indeed. Um, Thank you for asking that because on on other broadcasts, which may be aware of uh, Radio Liberty. Uh, have you ever get, has anyone ever heard Radio Liberty? No. no. Oh, okay, well, there's this retired orthopedic surgeon uh, who broadcasts from his own home uh, five or seven hours a day, uh, standing with teeth, and he... <laughs> wow, that's a lot. I do 18 hours a week, and yeah. I get stunned by the numbers you're talking about. Oh, yikes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's pretty amazing. I mean, if I was 83 years old, I'm living in Santa Cruz. Good Lord. Does I'd anybody be... listen to it? <laughs> <laughs> I guess Somebody does. Fred must, yeah. Well, anyway, out of curiosity, because a local radio station, you know, just like the one that carries your broadcast. So I'm a radio guy. I don't have TV. I don't even have a computer. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, uh, there's this guy, Richard Mack, Sheriff Richard Mack. Yeah, I'm familiar and... with Richard, Sheriff Richard Mack, sure. Has he been on the show right. before? I think he might have been interviewed on on our show before. Yeah. Okay. So I had an opportunity to query him because he's got a book out, uh, The County Sheriff, America's Last Hope. And he presents the concept of the sheriff possessing the, uh, what shall we say, the ultimate power in every county. He's the highest law enforcement officer in the land inside of his county. He provides evidence that, for instance, these... uh, Bizarre raids on, you know, the private farmers who are privately contracting with people who want to consume raw dairy, right? So right. Uh, there have been all these uh, federal raids uh, on these folks. And in, in, in some county in Indiana, uh, the sheriff there boldly told the feds, uh, not in my county or you're going to be in jail indefinitely. Uh, so... The feds actually bailed out of that county. Yeah, they'll bail so out generally if that's the I, case. I asked Richard Mack, um, okay, so uh, are you in your law enforcement activity 
engaged in the enforcement of contract law because in I asked him, do you swear an oath to uphold, you know, the federal charter? He said, well, if you mean the U.S. Constitution, yes. So I said, okay, Article 1, Section 10, obligation of contract, right? No state shall pass any law impairing obligation of contract. Intrinsically, it intimates uh, valid contracts, and even uh, 14th Amendment, Section 4 states the validity of the public debt shall not be questioned. So okay. here we got a contractual debt obligation called the public debt, whose validity shall not be questioned according to the 14th Amendment, Section 4. So I asked him, are, are you aware of whether you are actually enforcing valid contracts as opposed to invalid contracts? He says, well, what do you mean? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. So I, I said, okay, I have a retired law school professor's essay or treatise, and herein he states that there are four uh, legally binding principal tenets of a valid contract. Full disclosure and good faith. I, I, can, I ask, can I interrupt just to ask a question real quick? Uh, to me, this kind of feels like reading somebody's statutory laws about assault while they're beating the crap out of you, you know, because like, what, what, how, what is the practical value of this information? Okay, let me. All right, good. It's it's good question. Obviously, there's commercial, there's a commercial nexus, the license, and the evidence of a contract, like in a license, where it's compelled performance. Right. I was told in high school. Now that I've completed driver education. I now can go and apply for a license. So once the license is granted, what happens? The rules and regs of the municipal corporation, thanks to the BAR Esquire attorneys, acting in collusion on behalf of... Hey, Fred, uh, uh, can, I, can I just ask you to maybe tie this all together with a main point? I'm kind of having a little bit of trouble uh, sort of following okay, the main point. the main point, main point is point. enslavement. They coerce people to act out of abject ignorance without any informed consent authorization to engage in contracts. And the evidence of a contract is compelled performance, right? Uh, if I don't abide by whatever rules or regs the municipal corporation's uh, Esquire attorneys dictate, then I face jail time. Uh, monetary penalties, right? Fred, thank you, thank you for the call. Thank um, you. You know, I, in fact, I I have to agree with largely what he's saying here is, is you know, the government treats you as though you're, they, you know, they're they, you're their property. You know, they they decide that that's sure. the case. They uh, they they they. they um, they are a group of lawyers who basically set the rules by which uh, lawyers, uh, you know, are going to operate. They're going to they make themselves their own work. They call this rent seeking behavior uh -huh. um, is the terminology one uses in uh, in economics. And, you know, of course, lawyers make it so that uh, lawyers need work. That's what they do for a living. And well, you know, the, the point that I kept thinking of, like he was kind of bouncing around it seemed to me it's a very big topic and yes, i can it sure is. yeah but but you know i kept thinking when he mentioned the sheriff richard mack or whatever sheriff mack a lot of people look to him as you know oh he's the highest law enforcement in the land but 
I remember there was another sheriff. I don't remember who it was, but some sheriff in California, basically, or or some other place, they were about to legalize medical marijuana or decriminalize marijuana or something of that nature. Said, not my town. And, and he said, yes, exactly. He said was, uh, he was still going to enforce the rules against marijuana, and he was a sheriff. So in that case, you know, it's not really serving the interests of a certain I think it was people. in Colorado. Okay. Well, there's more coming up on Free Talk Live. I want to get to this article about uh, a dentist who got slapped with like a $350,000 bill for back taxes in Vermont. And more at Free Talk Live. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. Welcome back to Free Talk Live. This is Stephanie. I'm Brett. And I'm Mark. And we would love to hear from you this evening about anything that's on your mind. Free Talk Live is a show where you can take control of the airwaves. Of course, this is the live Sunday night edition and only got a couple segments remaining. So if you want to make a call, get it in quick at 855-450-FREE, 855-450-3733. And Mark, did you have any messages to bring to us? Sure. Um, The Porcupine Freedom Festival is coming up. How long is it, Stephanie? Like a... Oh, not long at all. Three weeks. Three weeks from now for the Porcupine. Yeah, I am so excited. We're going to be so busy at Porkfest. First of all, you and I, Mark, are going to do a a live Free Talk Live, the pre-Porkfest. Yep, there's uh, going to be Free Talk Live. It's going to be live every night of of the Porcupine Freedom Festival. You go find out more about all the the fun that's going on there. It's a a camping festival in New Hampshire where people can come and check out the, the, the free state of New Hampshire. We call it the free state because it's the home of the free state project, not because it actually is free. Uh, but, well, know. it's free. You know, it's freer than Massachusetts. Indeed I'll say that. Is. Yep. Indeed, it is. <laughs> it's probably it's the, freer than where you live. <laughs> well, it's the, being the freest state in the union. That's uh, that's likely true. And if you if you measure freedom by having a community around you that you value and people that you like, then it, it's bar none for that. For Indeed. liberty people. So check out, uh, it's a great way to check out New Hampshire and enjoy yourself for a week up and, uh, you know, doing some camping in the woods. It's uh, P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. That's porkfest.com. And when is it happening again? Oh, I don't know. June 18th to the 24th. 18th through the 24th. Yeah, I've got the dates written down here somewhere. I've got so much information on this piece of paper <laughs> that I don't even know what it all is. Yep, <laughs> 18th well, through the 24th. Well, hopefully our excitement about that comes through. And Brett's going to be speaking at Porkfest as well, right? Uh, yep. Doing an education that. panel. Yep, we have uh, several things that are going to be going on. We have an education panel. One I'll be leading. Another one I'll be doing with Kelly Halderson from the Unschool Bus. Mm. I'll be doing my show live on Thursday and possibly another night as well. And um, Friday, uh, we have the uh, Wheels Off Liberty live performance. So it's- The highlight of Porkfest. Yep. <laughs> I think it competes with the uh, Flaming Freedom Big Gay Dance Party. I'm really excited about that, too. Oh, great. Got to have fun to party. Okay, gentlemen, I, I want to share this article with our audience and with you and see what you think of it. This is um, this kind of stunned me. It's from the uh, AP from, uh, you know, from today. Montpelier, Vermont. Dentist Frank Illuzzi was stunned when Vermont tax collectors showed up and began demanding a 6% sales tax on the value of toothbrushes and floss that he hands out to his patients. For free. Yes. So they wanted him to pay a sales tax on 
the items that he gave away. <laughs> How would you pay a sales tax on something you did not sell? Right. Uh, I, mean, I guess that's I mean, sales a tax question. is indicative of a sale, and in this case, there was not a sale. Six percent of zero is zero. That's right. I have been collecting the sales tax on the toothbrushes and and floss that I've been giving and away it was since zero I'm dollars. giving them Here's away. Here's your for check. Right. <laughs> right. And okay, not just that, but senior care facility operator Jay Grimes was similarly surprised to get a three. $350,000 bill. I, I misspoke before. I said the dentist got the uh, $350,000 bill, but it was this this guy who operates a senior care facility. So an old folks home, okay? He got a bill for $350,000 for a 9% restaurant tax on the meals, the meals that he served to the residents in the dining room. So they're paying to live there and the meals are included in this. So they're deciding, I mean, how, much, how do they even decide what the, the meal costs? I don't know. I guess the uh, tax collectors decided. And I, I guess, guess they decide what the toothpaste costs, too, and the floss. I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, landscaper Richard Buckwheat Lowe, I guess this is his nickname, got $18,000 in bills. This is one person, right? Probably a one-person company, if it's even a company, in bills taxing him for the first time ever on the mulch that he sells. That's probably included with his landscaping services, I would mm. imagine, which he probably already pays taxes on. Right. I mean, I, I, it's a service. I, mean, I don't even know how to describe it. I mean, if you're not itemizing the mulch on the bill, you're just saying, hey, you want these uh, flower beds mulched? I'll do it for 500 bucks. You want your yard maintained and maybe included in that is mulch. But why should the mulch be separate? Yeah, I, 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 they're, they're just nickel and diming people. So this article says the mulching one, I can almost see the mulching one, but I can't. I mean, OK, so if somebody wants their yard maintained and including and some of that includes mulching, I can kind of see that. But I don't think that anybody goes to the dentist with an with, with the expectation that they're going <laughs> to you know, walk away with a free toothbrush. That that's why they go to the dentist because yeah. they, they just go to the store and buy a toothbrush for a lot less. If right. that's what it was about. Yeah. So, and how many people, if you, let's say you owned your own landscaping business and a lot of them are small, you know, maybe single person operations, maybe they have a few high school kids working for them in the summers or whatever when they're busy, but could you afford an $18,000 tax bill? I mean, that might be almost as much as he makes in an entire year or season, you know, Mm. Uh, it's crazy. And what about a, a, even a senior care facility? You know, I'm sure they have to sure they have to go through a decent amount of licensing and regulations and stuff like that to comply with but $350,000 I wonder what these interactions are actually like like if these people evidence any kind of human side like yeah that's, they couldn't possibly oh, it's so tough yeah the 350,000 that we They saved. probably don't even like they probably mail them the bill I would guess they're there isn't somebody handing it to them you know although it does say that tax collectors showed up at the dentist's office yeah. And began demanding the sales tax. Yeah, that's got to be really uncomfortable. I mean, I, <laughs> wow, the customers there too. Yeah, uh, so Vermont is among a handful of cash-strapped states, says the article. Right. This is what getting... this. This is what the first thing that uh, yeah. I thought of at this point is, is desperation. Yes. Absolute desperation. <laughs> they just want to see what they can get people to pay. Pathetic I think. desperation. Just nickel well, and diming them. And as far as on the operational level, it's really about a, a obedience and just not thinking these sure. things through. I mean, I'm very close to somebody who, for the last year, has really struggled to set up a business doing things by the book. 
and you know was just yeah. uh, denied. I think I know this person. Yeah, wow. was just denied permits, be, and they couldn't even give her, uh, you know, real specific like here's a checklist of things you need to do to get approval. Now right. this could come down to some kind of corruption. Like when I was living out in Newmarket, New Hampshire, uh, the city council denied this brewery moving in, like a restaurant brewery place mm-hmm. that would have brought a ton of you know buzz and jobs and money to this community but one of the city council members was the owner of the little crappy restaurant downtown oh, oh no. so that didn't go over yeah. but um you know so maybe there's some corruption like that where they don't want to they're trying to protect somebody from competition but her assessment of the situation was that these people really seem to think that what they're doing is about safety even if they can't explain why. So it's just this kind of unthinking it's their, obedience. It's their own job safety, right? Well, <laughs> or no, their no, own, well, maybe their own uh, security as, an, as a person who's employed. I don't know. It's, it's, a po- it's possible, but they're on the city council, you know? So they yeah. think they're doing... I think people like to pretend that they do... Good? Good in government. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they'll even say that. Government is good. Government enables businesses to run. Without government, businesses couldn't do what they do. Three hundred thousand dollars that this person is getting charged. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna put this business under is what they're going but to I, do. I wonder if at the end of the day, any of them are just lying in bed in a fetal position, kind of rocking back and forth, saying, "Government is good. Government is good." <laughs> you know, these bureaucrats. Like, if this ever just gnaws at their conscience, like watching. Uh, the things they do hurt people and inconvenience people. Well, and if this if this elderly folks' home goes out of business, what are the people who live there exactly, going to do? Where exactly, are they going to go? Exactly. There might not be another one. Right. You know. Well, what um, people want from their governments is they want a certain level of protection. I think is what uh, you know people when it, when you boil de- boil it down, that's what people are looking for. However, once you give people this, uh, you know what government looks like today, um, this monopoly privilege on the use of violence in a given geographic area. By the way, that's not my definition. It's Barack Obama's. You can find him saying it on the internet if if you'd like. Right. Um, you know, once you give them that, it's going to get abused because, uh, you know, they, they're not spending their own money. It's not their response. They're not culpable for their actions. Sure. They have sovereign immunity or limited immunity, depending on the uh, situation. But they, you know, it, it might as well be sovereign immunity for as often as they get held responsible for their actions. When you don't hold people responsible for their actions, you get irresponsible behavior. And when you have irresponsible behavior operating inside of a monopoly, you've got a real disaster. Absolutely. Yeah, so this article says they added 10 new compliance auditors in Vermont to enforce all these tax laws. I wonder if they're just kind of trying to justify their own salaries. Let us know what you think. It's 855-450-FREE, the number here for Free Talk Live, the live Sunday edition. And there's more coming up. Your calls. Free Talk Live. Hey, this is Mandrake. And this is Jay. And we're getting ready for Porkfest 2012. Porkfest is the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival. It's happening June 18th to the 24th at Rogers Campground in Lancaster, New Hampshire. And this year's Porkfest will be the best yet. Why is that, Mandrick? Because of all the great speakers that'll be there? Or maybe the family fun events? Perhaps you're excited about Flaming Freedom's Big Gay Dance Party? Actually, I had no idea any of that goes on. You had no idea because you and I spent all our time running the Georgia's famous baklava food stand. And that's why I'm so excited. Every year we get to meet so many great people who stop by for food and jokes, some of which are a little dirty. Yeah, about the dirty jokes, we should 
try not to offend so many people this year. It was one person, and I thought her wooden leg was for the pirate party. Oh, and don't forget all those times you walked away for five minutes only to return two hours later. I kept getting mauled by all my fans. You fell asleep on a picnic table. Oh, right. Hey, you want to wrap this up? Go to Porkfest.com and register today. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Free Talk Live. It's the last segment of the show, so if you want to get your calls in, you better do it quickly at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. With you tonight, it's Stephanie. And Brett. And Mark. And we thank you for joining us. Uh, Mark, anything else to uh, bring to our audience tonight? Yeah, sure. I want to tell you about plainboards.com. If you've got a website or a blog or uh, you know you want to provide a service for your viewers on these uh, these uh, blogs, a great way to do it is to add a message board. And you can add a message board within seconds with plainboards.com. It's encrypted and secure, uh, and they've got all the features that you'd expect from uh, you know one of these message boards, whether it's uh, voting on posts, they've got a watch list, um, you've got a useful personal history inside and plainboards.com offers free to use anonymous message boards to anyone who wants one so you don't have to i mean there's no installation necessary and certainly no identification or logging in required because it is they're they're assiduous there about uh, about their uh, liberty and personal freedom so you can start your own board in seconds and protect your users privacy with plainboards.com all right, thank you so much. And let's go right to the phones. Ed is on the line in Tennessee. Ed, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, I just wanted to ask y'all, would, would you want your little four-year-old to be put in a little closet at school in the dark? No. With a teacher holding the foot against the door. Anyway, oh, don't tell me this happened. Yeah, I uh, saw it on Huffington Post. They called oh, it the monster no. closet. They were reading a book. But uh, and Stephanie, of course, you know what color he is. Uh, I would guess he's brown of some kind, yeah. Yeah, that's so unfortunate. Four years old. Four years four old? Four years old. You know, there have been... There how, have been st- what kind of... T- hold on. I, I, four-year-olds read. Um, they, don't, they don't really generally read, and they don't generally go to school, so I'm a little confused. Oh, it's, it's the preschool. Okay. And the teacher you know, thought the... Anyway, it's, uh, it, it, the art let's see, it was called Monster Closet, used to punish four-year-old pre-K students. They call it the Monster Closet? Yeah, well, they were reading a book. They were looking at a book or something called After School Monsters. So I guess the teachers, when the kids, not, how, like I asked you, Steph, how can a four-year-old cut up to me? Oh, what they can, can they do? Oh, yeah. <laughs> they <laughs> They're little kids. What do you, yeah. what do you expect? Well, wow. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't understand. I don't either. I'm trying to, but I'm am trying to decide. Uh, you know, understand here. Sometimes, like for instance, with my son, we'll uh, you know use a disciplinary technique called timeout. Try not to use it too often because then it doesn't become very effective. But, uh, you know, Never I mean, what's well, at that point? I wouldn't, he's, I wouldn't waste my time on it, Mark. It'd be my advice to you. And I raised one or reared one. Correct. Well, um, you know, it, it seems to be effective hey, like at I times. Told, well, I mean, but like I told you, let them go. Just make sure they're safe. All right. Can talk to you and let them go. What do you think, Brett? <laughs> It's terribly – I agree with you, Ed, that it would – I would like to see people move slowly away from any sort of punishments and rewards uh, ways of, of parenting. And um, it's very hard to get – I mean I have two brothers who have kids and, and I see things and I really don't know how to – 
approach that sometimes. Yeah, you know, I and know. I've and I've made suggestions, and and I think that um, I feel like almost it's it's my responsibility to say something. But um, yeah, the I, I, the punishment and reward model is something I would like us to see. Uh, I'd like to see people move entirely away from that over but time. My question to that is always, wh- what would replace it? Because I mean, punishments and rewards are integral to society. I mean, one of the reasons that well. I'm doing this radio program is because I get the reward of pay. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I pay myself because it's a it's my business. But you know, if if I didn't get if I didn't get money as a compensation for doing it, I might not show up as regular but, as but I normally Mark, would. But Mark, you want like within yourself, you want to have a career where you're doing something um, important and you're effective at your job and you're supporting your family and you want to be able to buy things for yourself. Right. Those are all intrinsic motivations. They're not coming from somebody telling you you should yeah. want this and you should want to avoid that. Because you, you do this thing, radio show, uh, right? And I think you, that's the bad that's the bad equation. You compare Mark with a three or four or five year old. They're children. They're not in a job and all this stuff. It's ridiculous to me to hear people talk about school saying we're preparing them uh, for work for uh, their career and all that. They're kids. You don't do that. Well, they're don't definitely being prepared for citizenship. Now, yeah. the, the best advice I can give to you: leave them alone. Well, yeah, but sometimes like they destroy make things. Sure they're safe. They're all right. They're happy. Let them go, and when they get about seventeen or eighteen, then they'll start figuring it out. I'm telling you now, all this discipline and reward and punishment—it's ridiculous. I'm telling you, I, I never did it. I don't know how you did it. I mean, frankly, I mean, I I, I find it I, I find it impossible. I, I just don't. I don't even know what you it, fill it, the the space with. I mean, sometimes my my son doesn't get punished for much. Um, I mean, you know, I don't. I, I think so. that you know you can talk to them as much as as you can, but there's times when they become unreasonable, they become destructive, they <laughs> they be, they harm others. And what do you? How does one do that? What I would say, what I would say is this, Ed. I, I spent well, a lot of time. Listen, you have a brain. Well, I, that's that's what uh, I was going to. You you can uh, outwit him. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, I spent a lot of time, like, I've never had children of my own, and people immediately, like, whenever I've talked about my philosophy as far as um, the education and the raising, for lack of a better word, of children, people always try to throw that right in my face. But I worked with children for for 10 years, and some of these were in... um, you know, really difficult settings with some kids who had some pretty severe uh, psychological, emotional, behavioral challenges. And what I found, even in the most extreme cases, was if somebody is in is in a mental state where they can understand punishment, they can understand expectations. And if a person uh, who is in the position of an authority or a you know a disciplinarian trying to get them out of that position of being a disciplinarian. There are ways to be proactive, I believe, and from my experience. But, hey, Brett, but go what ahead. I'm asking though is, what are you trying to do? You see well, me? What are you trying to discipline? I, I, see, I don't think Mark do? and I are arguing anything because I think do? we had the same goals of trying to keep a person safe who is who we right. don't want to see get hurt. Right. Well, or, I'm talking about when these other parents are now trying to discipline. But look, I, I could say to you about that, and then I want to respond about your brothers if I can. Okay. You can tell them you can drive a car, but you don't have to uh, detail how it operates. Well, as, as like with the children, and also with your brothers, just don't worry about it. Because I love this Thomas Paine quote: "Time makes more converts than reason." Yeah. It's just like I tell Stephanie: mm-hmm. time. Every generation is getting better. Believe it or not. 
It's true. And it's a quote I really like by a very famous uh, idiot named Bill Maher, who brilliantly said once, uh, I don't have fish, but I know you're not supposed to put Mountain Dew in the tank. You know? <laughs> so Very profound. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, hey, okay. uh, everybody so, should read th- Paul Goodman, y'all, about education. Yes. And yeah. I know y'all know John Taylor Gatto, but uh, Paul Goodman, was he was super neat, too, about education and stuff, but... Go ahead, Mark. Did you have something? Yeah, I do. Um, uh, So if if the okay, so, you know, there's this uh, stream of time. If through the stream of time, people have been putting Mountain Dew in the tank and the fish are somehow surviving the Mountain Dew being in the tank and then somebody suggests, well, no longer put Mountain Dew in the tank. That person, it is incumbent upon that person to suggest, we know that the fish die without anything in there. What do we put in the frickin' tank? Brondo. I mean, what's that? Brondo. It has electrolytes. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I, being a parent, and I don't consider myself an idiot, I, you know, I'm trying to figure out how to go about doing this child-rearing thing. I'm certainly open to options, but, you know, don't reward uh, and Mark, don't punish me. Give me an example of what you're trying to get him to do and why get, tell me what, uh, give I mean, me an you know, all kinds of and different things have occurred handle, I think all kinds of different things have occurred but um, you know for instance uh, you know, th- there was this gasket on the refrigerator that he for whatever reason wanted to pull on and c- pulling on that gasket would rip it it did rip it and the replacement of that g- gasket was a hundred dollars and you know I mean it left a little hole in the refrigerator you know stop Pulling on the gasket, and then he pulls on it a little more. You know, first you, you first you say it nicely, well, and then you. That's where you messed up, saying "stop pull on the gasket." And he's four years old. It's like saying, "pull on that gasket, boy." <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's... See, that's what I mean, Mark. You need to kind of, as I tell people, use your brain, not your hand. You know, don't hit kids, and we've been through this. But Mark didn't hit him, though, it. Ed. But anyway, like I said. Uh, I thought about it. I mean, he looked me right in the eye and pulled on that gasket and ripped it. That's so, what wh- so why do you think he would do that? I mean, is there a way because, that... Be, be, you because... You think he wants it, some attention or no, something? No, because kids are experimenting. I mean, you know, why do kids... Ed, Ed, hold on. Hold on, Ed. Hold on. Ed, hold on. Put him down if you would. He can't hear me. Ed, hang on, please. Uh, because right. kids will... Here's the reason. Kids are experimenting. The same reason that you'll push on a button that's sitting on, sitting there that's red. You know, oh, right. so you set up the lab for them, right? If there's something that's exposed, well, you're saying what I'm saying. Yeah, you you Ed, have to control the 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 lab. It's but they are going to experiment. Ed, thanks so much for calling I, I, tonight. We're, it's the show's in. over. <laughs> We're out of time. Thanks for the call. This has been Free Talk Live, live seven nights a week. We'll see you tomorrow night. FreeTalkLive.com. In the meantime, it's been Stephanie and Brett and Mark. Thanks for joining us.